0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one. More. That's not it. One more. Get it right No! They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for. Them. Where's the oxygen? They
1: play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this. this is the
2: sports loud mouth!
0: Yeah. Man,
1: can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here with Errol Marks and Speedy Speedy. You're not even a has-been. Here
0: it, Here it never was! Here it never was! We
3: are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Lab. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co host, Speedy PD. You can call us at 631 672 you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You can download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 Speedy, it is Wednesday, and as everybody knows, we do our shows Wednesdays and Thursdays. How was your, I guess, last seven days?
4: It was, it was interesting. I was. Oh, God, up. please. What?
3: I I just I can't wait. So you were hanging out with your cousins. Let me. No, guess. no, my uncle.
4: My uncle, oh, my I'm mother's sorry. side. Actually, was hanging out with some of his friends too, oh, some you of were which hanging I never met. Yeah. A bunch of older guys. Older guys. Yeah. Yeah. Did but you hang out with guys. them? Did you uh, you play dice or something? Uh, well, not not. It's a compl- complicated game. It's a lot of complicated games. Dominoes? Uh, no. Some more stuff more complicated than that. That a lot of these listeners will never hear of. But yeah, what are those games called? Um, um, one of them is called Six. Flip the Balls. <laughs> oh my God! Did you ever play Flip the Balls? Flip the balls. Yeah,
3: you never played that game. <laughs> Not attached to a human body. (laughs) You know, in the 1960s, they used to play a game called flipping the balls, you know, and – Maybe your uncle taught you how to play uh, flip the balls.
4: No, he's not weird like that. <laughs> all right. All he doesn't right. have that kind of sense of humor as much as you want him to or any of my family members you want. To, so much.
3: so you've never played flip the balls. No. How do you know it has anything to do with what you think it is? Uh,
4: because I know the way you think. <laughs> Just asking. And <laughs> what you were talking about before the show. Uh, so what, <laughs> what was I talking about? I, was I? they don't need to know. Well,
3: <laughs> Let's just put it that way. All right, so what did you do? What games did you play? What boring games did you play? Well,
4: no, the, again, it's for the it's more complicated games. A lot of these guys uh, wouldn't know. One of them was, of them was called Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all, like, development games. You make resources and you battle for them. There's combat in that. And, you ever um, played the game Rub One Out? What? Did you ever play
3: the game Rub One Out? I, again, you're, you're twisting again. Not,
4: I, I, didn't I twist know what it. you're doing.
3: Well, I, I just asked you. Have you ever played the game Rub One Out?
4: No. All right. Because t- it doesn't exist. Uh, I, Actually, it might. I have no idea. But <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't play it nevertheless.
3: All right. But I, it's a good game. So you have to, before you go crazy and you think it's something disgusting, you should definitely look up the game called Rub One Out. Oh, my God. I'm just asking. I'm just.
4: Oh, my God.
3: What? I think it's a good question. Why Why can't you ever think and take me seriously at any point? Carl, I
4: don't know what flip cup is either, so. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just asking. I'm, uh, anyways, go ahead. I don't know, uh, Carl. Rub one out, circle jerk, really, Carl? Well, I,
3: well, I didn't say circle jerk. But. Uh, yeah, I
4: know. I'm, I'm getting at I'm getting it, Carl, in the in the comment section. Rub one
3: out is a good game. So just, I'm just getting okay. It. All, right. All right, that's All right. enough. All right, that's so, enough. So what else? Sith? What else? And then uh, what the is other... this like
4: Star Wars or something? Uh no, it, it's a variation of, it's a combination of like you develop stuff, resources, and then you also build stuff to battle too. Mm, it's how not fun. Star, it's not Star Wars. Boring. It's complicated. It's complicated. Mm, it's, that, it's
3: definitely complicated. Yeah, you
4: know, he he does a lot of
3: these. I think you should play the game
4: Rub One Out. Of course you do.
3: It's probably easier for you guys, <laughs> you know? and you probably win. Oh my gosh. Anyways. What's up, Nit? <sighs> Nothing. Anyways, go Nithin, ahead.
4: Nithin, just just avoid all this conversation. Altogether. I'm just I,
3: there is a game called Rub One. Out. Okay, okay. So, I could, all right, so I, that's I, it. You played Sith. Yeah. What a board game. All right, it's that's... boring. What else did you do?
4: Uh, we also watched a couple movies. And what uh, movie new- did you watch? Um, My Spy, which was a pretty funny one. Oh, uh, how fun! Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is in, is in that one. Okay. It was a very funny one. I also watched um, mm-hmm. with uh, with The Rock. And Ryan Reynolds uh, yeah. and uh, uh, Gal Gadot, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it now, mm. um, was in a, was in one, too. Uh, yeah, Nithin
3: says, is there any hot girls at work today? Yes, there was Nathan. Anyways. Oh, uh, well, that uh, was it for Speedy. Uh, what a wonderful notice, was the name of it. What a wonderful weekend
4: Speedy had. Uh, uh, really, Carl? Boring games. Out, outcome for More. Speedy if he played for up one out. I think. Carl, it's not about the journey, or it's not about the results. It is
3: about the results. Of I mean, course you do.
4: It's a great game, and you should learn how to play. Oh, my God. And,
3: and so should your uncle and your whole family. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's definitely a game that uh, you could play with all family members. Anyways, uh, at 930, we'll be talking to NFL Draft defensive tackle prospect from LSU, Neil Farrell. He will be joining us. And at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to Mile High Huddle Broncos analyst and draft scout Lance Sanderson. Uh, We'll get into the whole Russell Wilson trade with him and his thoughts moving forward with the Denver Broncos, and what did the Denver Broncos really have to trade to add Russell Wilson to the mix? So we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Actually, we'll talk a lot of football. There's a lot going on in football today. Baseball seems to uh, uh, be coming. I, I think that they're starting to move forward with some of these agreements. Uh, the shift, uh, I've been reading that the shift will be thrown out of baseball. Uh, as uh, as everything moves forward, the DH hasn't been uh, has agreed upon. So uh, there's a lot that's going on right now. There's a lot of green. I think the shift. I've been telling everybody all the time. I think the shift has ruined baseball, and I think it will open up the game, open up the offense for a lot of players like uh, Joey Gallo, who everybody shifts against, and it doesn't really benefit him. So I I think a lot of players are going to benefit. It could. And I believe a lot of these players will have longer careers taking away the shift. It, it definitely affects the swing. I, I know what you're going to say. All you baseball fans are going to say, well, they're professional baseball players. They make millions and millions of dollars. It shouldn't matter. But um, I, I do believe it has affected it, it has affected the game. So we'll get into the whole baseball thing. But a lot of football today. And if we can squeeze a little basketball and hockey in, we will. Uh, but we have guests as well. So... Uh, Why don't we get into some football conversation? Because the Combine was this past week. So much to talk about with the Combine. And I I will say this. I've been talking to Jeff all week. uh, If not text via text. Uh, We did talk today on the phone. And we were talking about the Combine. And and a lot of people like Jeff really don't believe that the Combine uh, really means anything. It, It doesn't benefit a lot of these players as much as people think it does. Now... I think that if you're a low-grade type of prospect and you're going to be a fifth-round pick or a fourth-round pick, you can absolutely move up in the draft if you have a good combine. Absolutely. But if you're looked at as a first-round or a beginning, second-round draft pick, is it going to move you into the higher picks? I don't think so. I think that... When you look at the prospects that are going into this year's draft, the pass rushers, offensive linemen, safeties, DBs, quarterbacks—you know who the the top of the the class is. You really do. The quarterback classes, you know, the three quarterbacks that aren't aren't what you call stars, but stand out the most. Uh, Malik uh, Willis. Ma- Malik Willis looks like he stood out the best when it came to the combine. Is he the best quarterback going into this class? Probably not. Now, Malik Willis probably moved up in this year's draft because of the way he played at the Combine. Now, I do believe he's a late first-round, early second-round pick, but the way he played, the way he fed uh, or he gave uh, you know, clothes to the bum on the street, it, it definitely shows his personality and who he is as a player and who he is and who he's going to be on and off the field. But... Uh, you look at this year's uh, draft class, a lot of people, we've had a lot of uh, fantasy guys and and draft guys on this show over the last couple of months, and some people say it's a weak draft. Some people say it has a lot of depth, and and some people say that this, this class is a lot better than people think it is. Now, what we saw at the Combine is very simple. The wide receivers in this year's draft are probably the fastest we have ever seen them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how many wide receivers... Ran a four four or under I mean you're talking about I would say about fifteen to eighteen wide receivers ran a four 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 five or even lower four four three seven four three eight four two six I mean it was absolutely ridiculous how fast the wide receivers were in this combine, even the corners in this combine were very, very fast this year d b record four two three so I what what do what do we see? What do we learn going into this combine? What we learn is that this this draft class is very athletic. And we could see super superstars come out of this draft class, players that you wouldn't expect, players that we wouldn't believe that were third third round grades, fourth round grades that could be stars, could be defensive players of the year or offensive players of the year, you know, moving forward. Now uh, again, we look at this class, and, and and nothing really sticks out in the beginning of the draft. I mean, obviously, we know who Evan Neal is and, and how good he is as an offensive tackle. We know who Hutchinson is and, and how good he's going to be. A lot of people believe another J.J. Watt type of player. Thibodeau, who going into this season, this college season, was the predominant number one pick, fallen out of everybody's... I guess, draft top five, which is ridiculous yeah. how talented this kid is. And, and and again, he didn't really run the combine, and I, I don't blame him. I, I believe he's going to wait until his pro day, just like, uh, you know, obviously London. Drake London didn't really do anything at the combine because he has a lot to prove at his pro day. He wants to make sure that he's 100% healthy before he gets on the field and he shows what he can do. But what we saw – uh, as far as the combine is concerned, is we saw a, a bunch of talented kids. I mean, you pull up some of these, you know, numbers at the combine. We go from corners. You have uh, Davis, uh, Jalen Davis from Alabama. He he ran a four three nine. He benched fourteen, fourteen times two twenty five, thirty four point five vertical jump. Then then you go to uh, Kalen Barnes, who mm-hmm. ran a four two three. You know, he, that's all he did. He didn't do anything else. Andrew Booth ran um, – he didn't run anything, but he, he his wingspan seventy six, seven eight. 78. I mean, there's so many things that we saw. Uh, all these different guys. Kobe Bryant. Everybody keeps talking about the old Kobe Bryant. A yes. uh, 4.54. I, I mean, and even Trey Burks, who actually did run and do all his combine, you know, his workout. He didn't. No, he he wasn't lightning fast, but his strength isn't
4: his speed. His strength is his power, his route running. Um, and, and Speedy, you love him. You I love do. Him. And four five is good for his size too, in terms of the metrics of comparing. Uh, Shane Hallam was talking about that last week too, like comparing his size in terms of the average speed for a guy and Traylon Burks. Well, four was a four five, which is still very good for his size. I don't think anyone was expecting him to be DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, obviously the defensive lineman, uh,
3: the defensive lineman, defensive tackle Jordan Davis, yeah. who uh, is a beast of a man. Me and Jeff were talking about him today. Six foot six, three hundred forty-one pounds. Uh, I mean, his hand size is ten and three quarters. It's it's ridiculous. And he ran uh, a forty-yard dash. 4.78. I mean, that's faster than some quarterbacks.
4: Uh, yeah, it was faster than Patrick Mahomes. And here's the other part, too. His teammate, Devontae Wyatt, ran 4.77. It's unbelievable. Vertical jump, 32. A broad jump,
3: 123. I mean, this guy is a beast of a man. He really is. And uh, he's going to be a run-stopping beast. Now, uh, I was talking to Jeff. I said, where do you see him being drafted? He He sees him being drafted between 12 and 20. That's where he sees him. Yeah. Um. He could obviously move down because of the the great combine he has. He will be doing a pro day, so I don't know how how much he can impress uh, his forty yard. If he could run it a four four seven zero, I mean, yeah. I mean that that would be even more impressive. But I, I mean, a six foot six guy, three hundred forty pounds. Running a 4, 7, 8? I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah.
4: I, I can't imagine him falling past 17 of the Chargers with how bad the Chargers' run defense were was, but he might even go before that at this rate, especially with the way interior defensive linemen have been going in the draft recently as well. Uh, Snuggs says the Broncos are going to trade Russell Wilson for... Uh, To Tampa Bay for Tom Brady, the Denver Donkeys really want another ring. Mm. It would be more interesting to see if people figured out how to go sideways in this draft. No one would see it coming. Hell, the defensive tackles were fast. We have learned that pretty much all pro football players are fast. Well, yeah, so some of the offensive linemen were fast, too. Uh, Trevor Penning, the Iowa State Iowa State tackle, was very fast as well. Uh, Ikema Kwonu, another one that was fast. And um, Charles Cross, under five seconds too. So there were a lot of the offensive linemen that were setting records as well. So this is was- in general, just bigger positions are faster now. That's the wave of the game, and you're seeing that a lot now with everybody.
3: I, I think when you look at the size of some of these guys, those Bohemets, we talk about Makai Beckham and, and what he ran a couple of years ago and, and just stood out as a six foot eight, three hundred and forty pound offensive lineman. Now you're seeing all these offensive linemen run five or even under now. It, it's it's unbelievable the athletic ability of some of these kids and how special they really are on and off the field. And and we talk about these defensive backs, and we talk about some of the wide receivers in this class, we we really don't speak about some of the, the edge rushers that are going to be in this year's draft. We talk about Thibodeau, we talk about Hutchinson, but there's there's so many other guys, Speedy, that really stand out. So. Oh,
4: I love those the, the drills he did this week, and I know Jeff's been mentioning him in the past. I know he was a little bit downside for playing alongside Hutchinson, and people are thinking, oh, he's barely a first-round pick a lot of the time, but... Then he started rising into the middle of the first round, and he was fast, too. He was agile to the outside. I'm now encouraged with the Giants potentially taking him at 7 if they stay at 7. Uh, if, they, if they go offensive line at 5, obviously. Now, if one of the pass rushers follow them... it. Creates a lot of different scenarios, too, where the Giants could end up going in different directions as well. I'm also encouraged, especially, like I mentioned before, with Penning, because how fast he was, he was also the best with the three-cone drill for the offensive line, too. So a lot of these other guys making a difference. George this looked good. He wasn't as fast, but we weren't expecting him to be as fast because he was. he's more of a, not power rusher per se, but he's a bigger guy, so he wasn't going to be as fast. And then Jermaine Johnson as well, very impressive for him as well. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of depth when it comes to these uh, these edge rushers, especially, and offensive line too. There's gonna be a lot of depth as well. The two two players from Kentucky as well did did very well. Uh, the kid Abraham Lucas from Washington State, who was a projected second round pick, four nine two. There's a lot of guys that are really doing well with these big guys. I
3: will say this: uh, Ikem Iquanu, who who. Absolutely had a fantastic combine. He really stood out. Some people say he moved up when it came to some of these offensive linemen. Yep. Some people say he could be the number one pick in this year's draft see. over Evan uh, Evan Neal. The way he played and the way I mean the way he ran the combine, uh, running the forty, do, doing all the different. Uh, projective things that he needed to do on the field to show, uh, all these, uh, you know, obviously GMs and these coaches, what he could do. I mean, sensational six foot four, 320 pounds, uh, could run very fast and, and do the things you expect. Uh, um, an offensive tackle to do. Now, the Jets at number four could be very interested in possibly drafting him. Maybe teams wanting to draft up at four to get this kid. Uh, The Giants, uh, there are stories coming out that the Giants could trade with the Jets moving from five to four and giving up maybe a second round or in a a third round uh, next year's draft. So there's a lot of thought moving forward when it comes to, you know, getting a guy like Kekuanu, who if he does fall out of the top three, I can't see him
4: falling in a top five. He seems like he locked out a top five pick with the combine that he did because he was already rising to begin with. When we had Shane Hallamon last week, he was mentioning how fast he was rising to be some people's top tackles over Evan Neal. And you mentioned it. Jacksonville is now really interested in him and maybe going number one. So it's definitely a possibility. Uh, Carl says, Ojabo at seven. Wow, Speedy. Again, his stock rose kind of into the top ten, and the Giants do need another edge rusher. I also find it funny that if the Giants do draft him, they would have Ojolari and Ozavo, so it would be great for the name, too. <laughs> I think it's,
3: it's so interesting because, you we again, we could go back to the offensive linemen that we were talking about, and then we could talk about the defensive linemen that really stood out, too, Davis being one of them. There are so many different guys that really stood out in this year's draft, and the cornerbacks and the safeties. Kyle Hamilton ran a 4.59, uh, 79 inch wingspan. How many safeties in a league in history had a 79 uh, inch wingspan? I mean, uh, the, some of these guys are just built like, you know, not human. Like,. Like a Hercules or or one of these uh, Greek gods, it's unbelievable. It really is, Speedy. It's, it stands out very one, much. One so. of these,
4: one of the uh, Nigerian Zeuses, like Christian Okoye.
3: It, it's crazy, and and then you talk about uh, the quarterbacks. Now, some of the quarterbacks did stand out. I mean, uh, Willis stand out. I I think he really did. Um, who's the kid that uh, the. the the, the quarterback that, uh, whatchamacallit, Nithin likes. or is it, Oh, E.J. Perry. <laughs> uh, by the way, a lot of people loved what he did on, off the field, picking up all the drinks. When all the players, all the quarterbacks came off the field, he was still out there. He was picking up the drinks. He showed his personality. And, and even his, I, I, he played very well, threw the ball very well. I know um, Jeff says he's not even going to be drafted. I beg to differ. I think he could be a... A fifth round, maybe yeah, fifth, sixth. A fifth or sixth round pick, and maybe he could be a project for uh, you know a team to go after.
4: Yeah, uh, the other quarterbacks that were impressive too. I thought Carson Strong from Nevada, I think, really showed out a lot, especially with his deep ball. We knew he had a big, big arm, but where was the accuracy going to come into it into effect? And I think him and Malik Willis were the best when it came to that. And I think also Desmond Ritter running. Four four nine, mm-hmm. like a, like a wide receiver, like a running back. So in the right system, he might end up being a fit, even though he's a little raw to develop kind of too, but he also played all four years at Cincinnati. So it's not like when you have to deal with Willis as well, where the upside might be there, but he didn't start as long and isn't as raw, but the speed is definitely encouraging for that kind of thing. Now he's going to have to improve his decision-making and improve in terms of different accuracies different parts of the field but his completion percentage was good at Cincinnati so that's definitely encouraging now somebody with that kind of speed too you could fit him into a system even if he has to be a backup right away um, he could be an interesting option for definitely teams that might have quarterbacks on the fringe and maybe you're picking later in the draft, a team like a, a, like Cleveland or maybe even the Ravens or something like that. Maybe you could gamble on him in the second round if they don't want to sign their guys, too, which can give him time to develop, too. I think if he starts right away, it'll still be hard, but he definitely improved a lot and showed up at the Combine. I don't think Howell was as good, especially with the shorter throws, but he, there were some people that were impressed with him, too. And that was really it for the quarterbacks. The main guys' corral wasn't there.
3: Now, obviously, Jeff is saying stop trying to make EJ Perry a thing. Nobody's saying that he's a nope, thing. just nothing. But I will say this: he threw the ball very, very well. And, and what I've been reading is that he is going to be picked. Now, he's not going to be picked out of the you know out of the fifth or he'll probably be picked in the fifth or sixth or seventh round. He's not picked in the fourth or third round. I don't think he's that nah. type of prospect, but. Uh, he could be a project now. I, I mean, Speedy. Out of all the guys that really stood out, I mean, Gar, you know, Sorts Gar, uh, Garner. Uh, there was a lot of players that played very, you know, played very well and ran the ball. I mean, ran very well at the combine. Who stood out the most, and who do you think moved up in the draft because of how well they done in the combine?
4: I, I mentioned I mentioned Penning as being the main guy. I think that really did. Um, I also think when you look at some of the, the linebackers, I think. Um, I think N'Kobe Dean definitely showed some good things, but also a lot of the other Georgia players that uh, really stood out. Demonte Wyatt, we talked about earlier, as being – as being one of those guys. Luis Sine, I thought was very impressive as a safety. And he's another guy that's interesting because he's a hybrid type safety. And I think he definitely proved his stock too. So these Georgia defensive foot picks collectively as a team, they weren't historically good for nothing. Uh, by the way, Jeff is on the phone. Jeff, uh, we have a guest at nine 30. So you have a little bit of time. Go ahead, Jeff.
0: I, I don't care. All I called was to say, stop making EJ Perry, a thing.
3: You know? <laughs> Nobody's making no E.J. E. Perry. Literally, nobody cares. I understand that. I'm just saying what I've read after the combine, that a lot of people Great. believe he will Great. be drafted.
0: Oh, E.J. Perry can not football. Gonna... You know what? So could I if I had no one running at me at the Underwear Olympics. No <laughs> one cares.
3: Underwear Olympics. <laughs> Literally, nobody
0: cares. <laughs>
4: Somebody, somebody's been listening to CJ. I said that's what uh, I see. That's what he calls it.
0: Wow. yeah, the lingerie Olympics, the underwear Olympics. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Great. You know what he was throwing against? A guy holding a broom in front of him. That's what he was holding. That's, that's what he was throwing against. Oh, oh, what, what a pass with, with under no duress. Well, oh, who do you? Unbelievable. He could have st- stood there all day and made that throw. Well, who do
3: you think stood out at the combine?
0: Dude. Jordan Davis. Yeah. It's not even close. It's Jordan Davis. Mm-hmm. Jordan Davis is, I said it to you earlier, Errol, yes. when we talked. Yes. Jordan Davis is literally the equivalent of driving a 16-wheeler in a NASCAR race. <laughs> That's what it's the equivalent of. There's no way that you should be six foot six and 3 quarters and 351 pounds and run a 4.840. He's going to murder somebody.
3: 4.78, which is even faster. So.
0: <laughs> well, whatever. It's basically four eight. I don't yeah. care about two hundredths of a second. You know, I mean,
3: it, it's pretty fast. I mean, how many defensive linemen
0: could do that? I mean, it's sensational. No one can do it. No mm-hmm. one can do it. He's he's going to hurt somebody. It, the, the fact that you can make 351 pounds move that quickly, it's, that's superhuman. <laughs>
3: the superhuman defensive linemen, so... It's going to be fun, man. Jeff, uh, definitely call back because we're going to talk a lot about Russell Wilson, a lot of football to talk about no after one our cares. guests. No
0: Just stop making E.J. Perry a thing. <laughs> All right. All right. I got you. No E.J. Perry.
3: Got it, Jeff. <laughs> oh, God. That that laugh, too, has got to go, Speedy. I mean, I, I mean Hutchinson looked good. He he really did. Yes, he Aiden, did. Aiden Hutchinson, whatever, whatever he did on the uh, um, as far as and he practically did everything. I mean, he benched – What did he bench? I think twenty six or twenty seven times. I mean, he looked really good. I, I mean, all in all, a lot of these guys really stood out. I mean, the speed of the wide receivers in the corners, even the speed from the defensive linemen, very really did stick out. And and the offensive linemen, like you said, Speedy, there were a bunch of offensive linemen mm-hmm. that really really stood out in this year's. Uh, combine, but the pro days are so very important to some of these guys, and uh, I'm sure uh, this next guy that we're going to be adding, uh, and he's going to be coming in in a few moments, uh, he's gonna. He, I, I'm sure he can't wait for his pro day, because he, he wasn't very happy with his 40. I was reading uh, stuff that he was posting on his Twitter. He wasn't happy, but uh, I, I'm sure that when the pro day comes around in the next couple of weeks, I, I'm sure he'll be ready. When we come back, we will be talking to NFL draft defensive tackle prospect, and LSU will LSU uh, defensive tackle prospect Neil Farrell here on the Sports Loud Mouths.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. We
3: are back, ladies and gentlemen, as you know. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. I'm your host, Harold Marks, my co host, Speedy PD 631 672. 3108 is the call. The number. Uh, You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going iOS, WWSR, Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Did you see the snow today? I mean... A couple of days ago, it was two days ago, it was 70 degrees. It was record-breaking. And then all of a sudden, throughout the day, they said we were supposed to get like a half an inch, maybe an inch. We winded up getting a ton of snow today. Uh, It didn't really stick because it was like 38 degrees. But uh, this weather's ridiculous over here. I, I don't understand it. It goes from one thing to another to another thing. Now tomorrow it's supposed to rain, and then it's supposed to clear up, and it's supposed to be 60 degrees. I don't know what the hell's going on. This is why the flu and COVID was so, you know impactful over here, but anyways, that's not important. Uh, we are now talking to NFL Draft defensive tackle prospect from LSU Neil uh, Farrell. What's going on, Neil?
2: What's up, what's up? How y'all doing?
3: I'm good, man. I mean, we're both good. Speedy, you know, growing a beard again. Please do not shave it, by the way. You look like a you know, you do look You can like complain least... when it
4: was law and you can complain when it's short. Make up your mind. You look,
3: you look like a child when you have a shaved face, man. It looks horrible. But anyway, Neil, how are you? Uh how are you feeling? How's the weather over there uh in Louisiana?
2: Well, the weather has been pretty hot the past two couple of days I been, so I'm just going to give go me some crawfish tomorrow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well,
3: uh, you know it, it, that's what I liked when I went to Mardi Gras, and I actually enjoyed it. I actually liked the seafood over there. The seafood is ridiculous over there, and the alligator—beautiful. Mm, uh-huh. It's a very—I I never, I never even would have thought myself to eat alligator, but once I had it, I mean, it was a little spicy, but it was delicious. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay, we know about it. I so you know, don't we...
2: really eat all that. I know, I
3: know. you you got to get in shape for the Combine, and, and obviously your pro day. Tell us a little bit about uh, experimenting uh, and obviously experiencing going over there to the Combine and, and obviously working out in front of all these coaches, all these GMs. What was it like stepping on the field with all these defensive linemen? You
2: know, it was fun, man. Just hanging around them guys getting over everybody just going out there cheering each other on because we, we really like competing with each other we just 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 trying to pull on the show for the world and the scouts so i had a lot of fun
4: so there were three drills that you participated in at the combine um 5.41 you ran in the 40 yard dash which for a defensive lineman is, is very good we are seeing a lot of these fast defensive tackles we were talking about it in the beginning beginning segment and was there a drill that you enjoyed the most out of the three drills that you did, and uh, if so, what was which one wasn't?
2: You know, I really enjoyed all the defensive alignment drills. You know, we've been training for that all our lives of defensive linemen, so going out there, being able to showcase our talents and abilities on the field, it was fun.
3: As everybody knows, we're talking to NFL Draft defensive tackle prospect from LSU, Neil Farrell. Now, Neil, obviously the defensive line, most of these guys are behemoths. They're 340 pounds. They're 6'5", 6'3", and, and most of these guys can run through a wall. When, when you were going to the combine, what was your, going into the combine? What did you believe was your strength? And do you believe that your strength took over when you stepped on the field?
2: Yeah, I feel like my strength is doing anything like football. related. you know, I ain't had the best numbers. I'm improving to improve numbers at Pro Day. But me going out there doing a defensive lines, really, it was just fun to do.
4: So in terms of your player-to-player interactions, I'm sure a lot of the prospects met with each other. Was there anyone that you, that you met that really had, like, a good personality, was a fun guy to be around that maybe wasn't even on your team at LSU, but even
2: somebody from other teams? Yeah, pretty much all of it. Everybody had their own different personalities, you know. Jordan Davis for Darin, Matt Devontae. While we all got along pretty good, you know, everybody had a different personalities, and it was fun to be around.
3: Well, what is your personality, Neil? I mean, you <laughs> look like you're you're a funny guy. You you have probably a good personality. You like to dance. I mean, I'm sure uh, some of the music that you like to listen to was uh same. By the way, what kind of music were were they playing when you were actually doing all these drills?
2: Oh no, no, play no music. No it's music. Just, it's every you and the coach and the real side.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, it, you know. To me, if you had some music in your ear, I think you would probably run faster. I think the momentum of the, you know, I mean, maybe you're doing the, I don't know, the Cuban shuffle or something like that on the field. <laughs> Does anybody have, uh, you know, the, the footwork that, you, that you've that you seen other offensive or defensive linemen have, you know, watching these combines year in and year out? Or was anything that really stood out to you stepping on the field with some of these great athletes?
2: Yeah, you know, it was good to see, like, Jordan Davis and them big guys running fast for the time, you know. That just showed us the type athletic and got, got certain different abilities, and it was fun to watch them balls go out there and put on the show.
4: So let's go to the 19, 2019 LSU National Championship season. Undefeated, you were a big part of that defense on that defensive line, had three sacks that year, very good run stopper. What were some of your favorite moments from that amazing season?
2: You know, just going undefeated, man, you know. Them was out of chairs forever, just playing with a bunch of group of guys, just having a lot of success in the NFL. You know, we had fun each and every week. You know, we didn't lose a game. We won a national championship. So it was just a fun experience. Uh,
3: as everybody knows, we were talking to NFL draft defensive tackle prospect LSU, Neil Farrell. Uh, you were talking about that championship year. What was it like playing with Jamar Chase or that unbelievable quarterback that's playing in Cincinnati right now who went to the Super Bowl? What is it like playing with both those players?
2: They know it's a great play on the guy, both far and quiet guys, but, you know, when you step on that field, they're going to give it their all. So we all built great relationships, and it was just fun to be around them. Yeah, a lot of
4: talent on that defense, too. Well, two safeties, Grant Delpit, De- Jacoby Stevens, Patrick Queen, uh, Caleb on chase on a lot of guys on, on that defense, and Derek Stingley, who's now going to be in this draft as well, potentially a top-ten pick. What were some of the experiences you had with those guys like?
2: Say it again, I hear you.
4: A lot of the d- defensive players on that, on that core, Derek Stingley, Grant mm-hmm. Delpit, guys like that, Patrick Queen. What were some of the experiences you had with those guys like?
2: You know, I only had one experience with Patrick Queen, you know, one little offseason on foul camp practice. Him and Joe Burrow got into a scuffle. And Joe Burrow's on the bottom of the pile. He got up and was ready to go to the next place. So that practice <laughs> right there showed what Joe Burrow was by and It was fun ever since then.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see Joe Burrow go crazy. I mean, he's, he looks like he has a great personality and even on and off the field. The change that he wears, the, the different clothing Cigar, style, yeah. I mean, the cigars <laughs> that he smokes. He, he definitely has a, a different personality. Now, obviously, you've played with a Lot of different personalities over there at LSU. Is there a personality that really stood out to you all those years playing at
2: LSU? Oh, um, probably one. old one, line. He not Chase chasing Hines. He he, one of the funnest guys I've been around. Man, he he, made me laugh very every day of the week. He my roommate. He's just fun.
4: <laughs> all right, I want to go to the personality of another guy that was a key part of that team. Your coach, Coach O. A lot of guys, a lot of guys love him as a as a personality. A great player as coach. What was he like?
2: You know, Coach, I recruited me since I was in high school. You know, he the reason I came to LSU. We built great relationships. He, he's just a great man, and a great coach. It was hard to understand him for a couple years, but I got a down pack by year three.
4: <laughs> we actually have a, we actually have a, one of our callers, Jeff, that call, actually called uh, in the first segment before you came on. We, he was making a petition to uh, make Coach O the voice of Siri. Oh God!
3: <laughs> 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 he does have a unique voice, so you know when he walks into the room, you know Coach O is the one that's speaking because what? very unique voice. We are talking to NFL draft defensive tackle prospect from LSU, Neil Farrell. Now, Neil. Uh, you talk about some of the great players that came out of LSU, and there were some fantastic players that came out of LSU. And you look at, obviously, that unbelievable season with Joe Burrows, Jamar Chase. Is there a player that, you know, defines the positions, uh, you know, over the years at quarterback, at wide receiver, that really stood out to you uh, as probably the best player you've ever seen step on the field?
2: Yeah, I go with jo- Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, Jesse Jefferson, just Terry Marshall. You know. I also said some guys held on the field their position. Oh, you know, some a lot of people gonna remember forever. Mm-hmm.
4: So this draft obviously has Derek Stingley, who's the LSU's best graded prospect. A lot of people thought he was gonna to go top five. Now they were thinking more top ten. So what do you think? What do you think about him and, and the way he played on the field, especially that rookie year where he was sensational for LSU? And what was he like as a teammate?
2: Yeah, you know, Derek he another the quiet one, but when he stepped on the field, he the best part on the field, man. It was it was fun and great sharing the field with him because you know. They ain't going to throw his way, so they're going to hold that ball long and let the D-line get to the quarterback. So, you know, it's always great having players like him on the team.
3: <laughs> Neil, obviously you're going to be drafted in this year's draft, and some people say you're a uh, late third-round, early fourth-round pick. Where do you see yourself in this draft, and do you believe that you should be higher than where everybody's projecting you to be? You
2: know, I'm, I never feel like I'm a top-100 player, day-two player, but, you know, I put a lot of work on the field. You know, I ain't had the best numbers at the combine, but that don't define me as a player. You know, you can turn the tapes and be dominating in the SEC opponent. So I feel like the car's gonna play what it dealt.
4: So do you have a do you have a any coaching connections in the NFL that you talked to at the combine? Uh, any scouts that in particular uh, really you know, had a positive experience with? And if so, what teams were that? And, and uh, is that something that you would want to go to?
2: You no, know, I don't have no. Um, Coach in the NFL, that I really know, but you know, I talked to pretty much every team. You know, every team pretty much like me, and I'm just, just a waiting game at this point.
3: We are talking to NFL draft defensive tackle prospect from LSU, Neil Farrell. Now, Neil, I just saw your hands, man. You have massive, massive hands. I mean, look at those hands, okay? <laughs> uh, wait, going to the combine and, and, and shaking some of these defensive tackles and offensive linemen's hands. Who had the biggest hands at the combine that you saw?
2: Biggest hands. I don't really know who had the biggest hands. I don't really shake too many people's hands, so probably get the measurements and just compare about us.
3: <laughs> you got mittens, man. I mean, yeah, you don't even need a baseball glove. You can catch it with your hands. <laughs> don't need to worry about hand size this
2: time. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
3: Speedy, don't use those words.
4: <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Sensitive topic on Twitter. Nope. Nope, can't downgrade that. So, any, is there any prospect, any, any prospect that you were watching at that particular combine that maybe you did not face at LSU, or that you faced at LSU head-to-head? They were like, wow, it's even better even better for the NFL level. And any of those experiences with any offensive linemen head-to-head as well?
2: I also just watched my, my, my buddies back at LSU, also Declas Ed Ingram, and Tracer Hines, and DeMond Clarkfield. were just too on for my guys. wish success upon them.
3: Neil, obviously all these different players coming out from LSU this year going into the draft. Is there a player that we are not talking about that really is going to stand out for some of these uh, you know, teams that are going to be interested in drafting in the third, fourth, fifth round? Is there a player that we, nobody's talking about that you believe could be a great NFL talent?
2: I feel like John Trey Kirkland, you know, he came out this year. He's down there training where I'm at. And he's just a cold-blooded athlete. He can jump, he can run, he can throw, he can catch. And I feel like he's going to shock a lot of people at Pro Day with his combine numbers.
4: So, moving off of the combine, growing up, did you play, outside of football, did you play any other sports? And also, what were some of those experiences like? What other sports got you got you into just being a great athlete like you've been?
2: You know, I came up, I was, I was a hippie first basketball player, so I played play you know, that was my dream coming up, but Ain't too many six foot centers in the league, so I had to transition somewhere.
3: <laughs> well, you're six foot four, and I'll tell you this right now. Six foot four isn't big enough in the NBA. I mean, the point guards right. are six three, six four. So, right. uh, but uh, your size and your ability and your athletic ability on a football field, uh, you know, when we watch LeBron James at two hundred, he's really two hundred and seventy pounds, six foot eight, as an athletic build. The way he does, I mean, he could absolutely be a great NFL player. But uh, uh, he picked the right sport, as we could see. Um, we are talking to NFL draft defensive tackle prospect from LSU, Neil Farrell. So, Neil who was the best quarterback in college that you ever played against
2: best quarterback I ever played against and that's a tough one. probably it probably had to be tool you know he he won he won the biggest but he he was a smart quarterback so I'll give it a tool he was he was a good a good battle
4: <laughs> did you ever in the five years you were at LSU did you have a favorite play and moment in your in your Playing career obviously the national championship is the biggest game obviously that you won but a, f- a particular p- play that you liked from an individual standpoint what would that be and why
2: well probably this show against Alabama me having that sack you know he was down down one possession, you know and it was third down sack and it was a big play f- big play for the Tigers. so I feel like it was one of the best plays of my career yeah
4: you guys hung tough in that game I remember that
3: all right last question for me because uh, I know you have to go it looks like uh what do, you, what do you have behind you by the way what picture is that over there what do you got behind
2: I don't really know what to say. I just like just like getting pictures just to hang on the wall.
3: <laughs> you know, I'm the same way. I buy pictures just to hang them on the wall because you don't want a blank wall. I mean, people right, look right. at you. I mean, so obviously, you know, you're playing in LSU, and LSU was a very well-known college football. Did you ever think... To that you ever had the opportunity to go to Alabama or or Georgia or any of these other schools? Was it always LSU when you were you were when you had to decide where you wanted to go to college?
2: No, I was out of Alabama, Florida State, USC, and um, I think it was Auburn. I don't really remember been a little while, but y'all yeah, pretty much had a bunch of. I could have went anywhere I wanted in the country, but man, Coach O just built that great relationship. and I like where their program was going. It was pretty much no brainer for me to go to LSU.
4: All right, last question for me. One NFL offensive lineman that you're looking forward to battling against and a quarterback and a running back that you're looking to tackle in the NFL.
2: Um, a quarterback, I want to see Tom Brady gone, Drew Brees gone. So I got, <laughs> I guess, Patrick Mahomes next on the list. So I want <laughs> to sack Patrick Mahomes and the center want to go against in the vet center, probably Jason Kelsey or somebody like that. Mm. And a running back, you know, everybody want to pop their hammer, so I want to get him <laughs> in my hands one day. All right,
4: uh, AFC West, AFC South teams that might be facing head to head. Neil, uh, Neil's coming for the Neil's coming for you. Maybe, maybe the Raiders, maybe the maybe the Chargers. Chargers could definitely use run defense, so I don't
3: know. How but, about the Jets? I mean, coming <laughs> to my team over here. Come to New York, man. Uh, you'll love it over here. The food's <laughs> delicious over here. You'll get bigger, stronger, and the people are just asses. So you'll love it here, man. It's perfect for you. <laughs> 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 so before we let you go, uh, what is you know if, if you get that first sack, you know your first sack in NFL in your full, your, your NFL season, what kind of dance will you give us? I mean, are you going to do that little? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've seen some crazy dance. Jamar Chase had like seven, eight dances this year that really stood out to me. Is there a particular dance uh, that you you know before you step on the field that just stands out to you that we're going to see uh, the great? Uh, Neil Farrell do before uh, you know before he
2: sacks somebody. You know, LSU out a tradition with the receiver doing the gritty, so I'm just going to bring that gritty out for the big boys. Ain't nobody pull it out yet, so I'm going to be the first to do it for the big guys. <laughs> well, you look like
3: you have a good personality, so I <laughs>
2: I, I could see you
3: doing like some kind of like, break dancing or something, spinning on your head. I mean, I could see <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, Neil, we really appreciate you joining us and taking the time, uh, and we definitely would love to get you on after you get drafted. I, I really hope – You get drafted from one of the New York teams over here because I think both New York teams, both the Giants and the Jets, need defensive line help. Mm -hmm. And I think your personality and who you are as a person would fit here in New York. I really do believe that. So thank you for joining us. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media.
2: You know, y'all can follow me on Instagram, real Twitter, same things. So I'm real in the air on social media. If you want to follow me,
3: absolutely. And we're going to follow you, and we definitely would love to get you on, get you on after the draft and see where you're going, man. I'm, I'm really rooting for you, and I, I really hope you know, in the third or fourth round, uh, the Jets or the Giants call your name because you absolutely would fit here in New York.
2: Guys, appreciate that.
3: As everybody knows, we were just talking to NFL. Uh, draft defensive tackle prospect from LSU, Neil Farrell. Nice kid. Yes. Very nice kid. Personality. Very, very quick with words, too. He he didn't, you know, drag anything. Speedy, you were all over the place today. I don't know what the hell was going on with you. You were stuttering, and I, you know, you were all over the place. But, that's all right. Uh, but, uh, that was, uh, Neil Farrell. Uh, Farrell. I keep calling Farrell, but, uh, you know, nice kid. Uh, very good personality, and, uh. Definitely somebody that really stands out, and maybe maybe the Jets or the Giants might snag him
4: up. They, the could, they could use some LSU blood. I mean, the LSU with that championship team, a lot of it's been distributed across like the more of the. Uh... You know
3: where I think he's going to go? I, I think he's
4: going to go to Philadelphia. That, that would that would be interesting. I I, I also mentioned the uh, mention the AFC West in particular as a lot of the teams needing the run stopping just because he <laughs> said Patrick Mahomes and also Derek Henry. Raiders Chargers definitely makes a lot of sense out there. But a lot of teams the AF, LSU blood with the Cardinals and his former defensive line partner Rashard Lawrence is there. The Bengals, well, who knows? Maybe he will end up going with the Bengals just joining everybody else. And Cleveland's got a lot of them too. So <laughs> if you want to continue the LSU blood, but the Jets and Giants, yeah, they don't have a they don't have a lot of the LSU ones as, as much. The Jets had. The she wants Clemson.
3: On. Giants have a couple of Clemson guys that they drafted over the years.
5: Yeah,
4: um, the pass rusher they most recently drafted was from Georgia and Aziz Ojalari, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the young defensive backs they're scattered all across different schools. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew Thomas is also from Georgia too on the offensive side, offensive line. So they have mostly that. They don't really have a lot of LSU though that I could that I could think of. Yep,
3: and at, uh, at ten o'clock we will be talking to Mile High Huddle Broncos analyst and draft scout Lance Sanders. So he'll be joining us. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about this Russell Wilson trade. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up a lot for Russell Wilson. I, I, I will say that, and I I know he's going to be backing up the Broncos for what they did. But uh, and listen, they didn't give any real starters when it came to their defense. And their strength is their defense. And going into this season, uh, you know, you bring in Russell Wilson. You didn't trade away any of their. They did give away Noah Font, which I, I think giving up a tight end that talented. Uh, He was a first-round draft pick. uh, Still coming into his own. He's still very young, 23 years old. Uh, I think Noah could be a very good player. And going over there, Seattle, I mean, obviously going with Drew Locke. Drew Locke's not going to be starting. I think it'll be Geno Smith as of right now. (laughs) Unless Seattle drafts a quarterback... In the first or second round, which quite possibly could happen. Yeah. I, I I know
4: they got the Broncos draft pick in this year's first round, I think, would be at nine. They're at nine. They're at nine. And uh, and their second round pick would be at nine, too. So they would actually have back-to-back second uh, – no, yeah, they have back-to-back second round picks as well. And then their, their future picks, obviously, coming from the Broncos, it would be next year. So they would – yeah. So if they're at nine, I don't think they would draft a quarterback there. They'd probably take an offensive lineman. But in the second round, it's definitely a possibility with one of those picks. Mm-hmm as maybe somebody that they could develop, too. Now, they also have to plan uh, for potentially Pete Carroll, but he's older, maybe he could retire soon, too. They also have to prepare for that, too, and maybe evolve the team like they did initially when they drafted Russell Wilson. They transformed the team from the the seat team that went to the Super Bowl lost to the Steelers. They had to transform from that, too, to a modern identity. So we've seen them go for a lot of mobile backup quarterbacks. So it might be one of those running guys. Maybe they're the ones that did gamble on Ritter. Maybe, maybe Malik Willis is a possibility, too. Mm. Just as somebody that's like at least somewhat, I guess, similar in that scheme. But Russell Wilson was pretty much scheme-proof with how much they changed their offensive coordinator. And he created on the fly, extending plays like we haven't seen in a long time.
3: Yeah, It's so interesting when you look at the... Uh, the quarterback play and 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 really some of the quarterbacks that are going to be available in free agency and 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 right now obviously in trades. Uh, Russell Wilson now getting traded to the Broncos. Deshaun Watson is still available. Now I I don't know. What team is going to take a you know a flyer out of him? I, I really thought it was going to be the Washington Washington Commanders. I thought they would be very interested in a guy like uh, Deshaun Watson because uh, take a chance with him, you, you get yourself uh, one of the best one of the top five best quarterbacks in the league. I know he's missed two years of football, but he's still very very talented and still very very young. Uh, and and they went after a guy like Carlson Wentz. Well, which listen, I, do I think Carlson Wentz? Uh, is is going to be a guy that's going to light up the board. He's not that type of quarterback. Now Carson Wentz had a very good season with Indianapolis this year, right? but on and off the field, there was some there was some stories coming out that it wasn't because of his on the field play. It was his off the field situations, and I I don't know. You know, obviously some of the stories will probably come out now that Carson Wentz was traded to the Commanders, but there was a lot of stories coming out that. Um, Carlson Wentz wasn't getting along with some of the players in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And if that's the truth, uh, they had to move on from him.
4: Yeah, that was a lot of the problems that they were having in Philly, too, when – Initially, when they won the Super Bowl, because Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, a lot of players liked him more than Wentz, and there was a lot of argument there. Obviously, what happened last year with Doug Peterson didn't help either. So, yeah, it might end up being one of those types of cases. Now, Washington again is so thin to the quarterback position; they might have to gamble. And Frank Wright is is
3: is the guy that drafted him. Uh Frank
4: Wright really liked him, and and watching Hard Knocks,
3: guys, I watched every single show of Hard Knocks. It looked like him and Frank Wright was like it was like a match made in heaven. And then all of a sudden, in the second half, the last four games of the season where Indianapolis could have sneaked into the playoffs, which I thought was going to be Indianapolis could have been very dangerous. They fell out of the playoffs, you know, the last two weeks of the season, and and now all of a sudden Carson Wentz is getting traded uh, to the Washington Commanders. Remember, they gave up a first-round draft pick to Philly because of how Carson Wentz played this year and the games that, uh, as many games that he played this year. So um, uh, who do I think win the trade? Oh, absolutely the Washington Commanders, because all they had to give up was two third-round draft picks. Yeah, it also de- flopped uh, second-round picks. Right.
4: It also depend on if they could shed the other cap, because we knew Washington needed a quarterback anyway, but that $28 million this year he'll be making, now they're only have only $5 million left. There are rumors that say they might cut Landon Collins and a couple of the uh, other, their other as well other uh, defensive players that they've spent for. A lot of the linebackers that didn't that didn't play. I know uh, Ron Rivera tried to bring back Thomas Davis. I think some of that money is also dead money. So we'll have to see how Washington managed. On paper, yeah, they, I would say they won that trade, too. Only two-thirds is not too bad, and then there's just swapping seconds. It's not It's not too bad. Both teams are in the middle of the draft. Uh, what did they say, flopping? But uh, swapping, flopping, <laughs> I flopping. mean... Well, Carson Wentz might flop on the field, who knows? Uh, or he might get hurt again, especially in Washington, where it seems like all the quarterbacks get injured all the time. So, Well, uh, I,
3: again, I, I think it was a good move by the Commanders because uh, they were the Pittsburgh Steelers were very interested in Carson Wentz, and I was very surprised. They didn't pull the trigger before the Commanders did, but I think... The Commanders did it before, uh, obviously, uh, any other team did. And I, I think what the fact is is that we don't know where Kirk Cousins is going if he stays with Minnesota with the new coach there. Uh, there There's still quarterbacks that are going to be available. It doesn't look like Kyler Murray's going anywhere no. uh, after what his agent has said. And the story, you know, actually his agent told, read what – Kyler Murray wrote on a piece of paper. I, I don't know what the hell was going on over there. I mean, uh, Kyler Murray, I think, has had so far up his ass uh, after what happened, uh, you know, ha- happened in the playoffs. I, he looked horrible in the playoffs. I, I love Kyler Murray. I think he's a talented quarterback. He's a top-ten talent. Uh, he still needs to figure out who he is in the playoffs, but there's a lot of quarterbacks trying to figure out who they are in the playoffs. There's not many quarterbacks that will go in year in and year out and play well. Peyton Manning. Great player, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Wasn't a great playoff player. Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Wasn't a good playoff player. I, I mean, even Aaron Rodgers, one of the, if not the greatest I've ever seen, one of the greatest quarterbacks of our era. He is not a good playoff player. So, I mean, and then there's obviously you know, obviously Tom Brady and all those other guys, but uh, and, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning. Even
4: Ben Roethlisberger after his Super Bowl was kind of, uh, second Super Bowl was kind of streaky in the playoffs. Still has a that, very good too. record in the playoffs. Yeah, but even, but like, after that second Super Bowl when they beat Arizona, kind of after that, it's kind of, they they've had some weird losses, too, and games that they either won where they won with defense or something like that, where it was under But underwhelming.
3: you also have to look at his record and what he did in the playoffs in his whole career, and he won two Super Bowls he he Ben Roethlisberger was a good playoff quarterback. Sure. Okay, so Joe Flacco was a good playoff Mm -hmm. quarterback. Excellent. You know, so, I I mean, there are quarterbacks that stand out in the playoffs, play better in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. And and then you have guys like Tom Brady that are just freaks of nature, or Joe Montana, who's a freak of nature, or Steve Young, who's a freak of nature, or John Elway, who's a freak of nature. So there are quarterbacks that do play in the regular season and play in the playoffs. They are good quarterbacks. So it, it just... Again, uh, you talk about some of the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, still available. I think a team should definitely take a flyer on him. They'd be very stupid not to. I, I know this whole, you know, obviously it's court court case, but it's not it's not criminal. He's not going to jail for this. Okay, so and I think the NFL. Being that he's been suspended and and, and he's not playing right now, how could the NFL suspend him anymore when when he does get – when he has to pay off these these ladies or whoever he has to pay off for all the the situation that he's in? So, again, I would take a flyer on Deshaun Watson because – He's still 27 years old. He still has a tremendous amount of time. Remember, it's two years he hasn't played. So his legs are now under him. And, and I still think he's, he's the top five quarterback in the league when he's, when he's 100% healthy. The
4: dilemma with Watson is going to be rest versus rust in terms of, yeah, he may be he might be – Healed up well, but yeah. how much in football shape is he in, and how much will be? I wouldn't worry about that
3: guy's an athletic beast. I, I wouldn't worry about that. Guys like that, I, you give him a couple of games, you give him three, four games. I, you don't think he's running, you don't think he's throwing the ball right now. Now, obviously, he's not playing at the NFL speed, but the guy is a tremendous talent. And you want to talk about, uh, you know, at the time before he, 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 he had this problem, you know, with, with what he had on and off the field. He was one of the top three, top four quarterbacks in the league. And now it's been a year and a half, and he hasn't been on the field, and everybody's throwing him to the wolves because, oh, my God, it's supposedly he, he, he had sexual contact, whatever he was doing, to 20 different ladies, which I, I doubt he did to 20 ladies.
4: All in all, in all, I think as a result, there's going to be other quarterbacks traded first because I think, Probably. especially a team like the Colts, too, now that they have that vacancy, too. A lot of these other teams. I would were- have, if I were the Colts, I would go after Deshaun Watson. If yeah, I was with Colts. I, I think they're going to try one of the veteran guys first, though, just because one they have the money to do that, and two, I, I think the Colts are building a, at least a good stable in terms of like not having a lot of guys with off-field issues either. I think I, I think the culture there is good. They're trying to make it kind of like the Chiefs with the Chiefs GM, uh, former GM being there now too. So I, I think they're going to go after somebody else first, but I still it, definitely still a possibility. Uh, Snuggles, says it could be criminal. They are waiting on the grand jury. It's not going to
3: be criminal. I, everything that I've read, everything that's come out, it's not going to be criminal. I know a lot of people want to throw him to the wolves and, I, and they're giving up on him. And, and listen, I, I don't know what the story is and, and, and some of the stuff that has come out and some of the stuff hasn't come out. We don't know the full stories behind it. But I, 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 if it was criminal, it would have came out. This happened a year ago. It would have came out already. So, yes, they're going to have to decide with the jury and the judge. There's no way they're going to make this criminal. This is not criminal. I, I, and, and to me, if I was a team right now, I'd still take a flyer on Deshaun Watson. You're not going to have to give up a first-round draft pick for him. No, not even. You're not. You, you, you give up a second. Give up a third. I take a chance because even if he's sitting on my bench, after this situation is done, you have one of the best, one of the more talented quarterbacks in the NFL – Right on
4: your bench. It, it, it'd be stupid not to go before, after Before we go to break, I just want to yeah. break up this rumor, uh, this potential thing, too. Now that, now that they don't have Russell Wilson, maybe it's a last effort for Seattle maybe to try. Deshaun Watson, swing for the fence. It's, Pete Carroll's probably going to retire. So.
3: No, they're rebuilding. I, I think D.K. Metcalf will be gone soon. Oh, I do, too. <laughs> uh, Lockett, who had a f- sensational year, just got a lot of money. I think they move on from Lockett. There'll be a lot of teams interested. The Jets being one of them looking mm-hmm. for a speedy guy on the outside. Uh, D.K. Metcalf's another guy that the Jets could be interested in. Uh, Jimmy Jardine to
4: salivating about Metcalf. I don't want him. I I, I wouldn't want, him, want him. I wouldn't want him either. Don't just because I, I worry about what kind of scheme fit he'll be. I, he's, he's a bigger body guy that isn't a great route runner. I think Lockett would be a much better fit, even though he's a little older. Uh, he's be a little. He'll be cheaper too for the Jets, where they can still build in other areas.
3: And, and Jeff was telling me that uh, Tom Brady is starting to throw the ball again, and he could be coming out of retirement. And who who's to say he doesn't come out of retirement and go and play for? Yes, you ready to hear this? He, he mentioned it to me. The Las Vegas Raiders. Wow. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Well, he says that uh, Tom Brady's starting to throw the ball, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the Vegas Raiders are ve- ready to win right now. Uh, Josh McDaniels is over there. I I've been hearing stories that him and Derek Carr might not be a match made in heaven. Uh, Tampa would be very interested in a guy like Derek Carr. Why not trade? Into Tampa or somewhere else over there in the end, you know, the teams that are looking for a quarterback. When we come back, we'll be talking to Mile High, Huddle, Broncos analyst and draft scout Lance Sanderson here on the Sports Loud Mouths.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports
1: Loud Mouths. We are back,
3: ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we are the Sports Lab Out. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co host, Speedy PD 631 672 3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Shout out to our NFL draftee who's going to be drafted this year, who joined us, defensive tackle prospect from LSU, Neil Farrell. A very, very nice kid. Uh, very happy that he joined us. I know he's very, very busy. He was at the Combine this weekend. I, I was very surprised at Speedy. That was a good get for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Very funny kid, too. But we have another one. And uh, why not talk a little Broncos football with a guy that writes for him? We are now talking to Mile High Huddle, Broncos analyst and draft scout, Lance Sanderson. What's going on, Lance?
1: Tell us what's going on? How we doing? Uh, pleasure to join the show. It's the first time being on here. Uh, Errol and Petey, it's it's uh, nice to be on the show and thank you guys for having me. What's going on?
3: Absolutely. And why not have you on? I mean, the biggest trade of the weekend, Russell Wilson getting traded over there to your Broncos. Uh, very, very interesting because... Over the last couple of weeks, I, there was a lot of stories that Aaron Rodgers was the guy that they were gunning for, uh, obviously bringing in uh, the offensive coordinator for the, the Green Bay Packers, and, and, and obviously the, the weakness of this team really was the quarterback play year in and year out for the last couple of years. Ever since Peyton Manning has retired, this team really hasn't found that guy that was going to fill in for Peyton Manning. So what were your thoughts when you heard that Russell Wilson was on his way to the Broncos?
1: So, uh... First things first, I want to go back to that just a little bit. The you know the the whole Aaron Rodgers decision and mm-hmm. th- that all got announced and everything. It Does it not feel like the Russell Wilson trade following like an hour after mm-hmm. that was like squash your your vibe here, sir? You've had enough of the attention. Let's get the focus back on the Denver Broncos for just a little bit and uh, just break the sports world for a minute. And that's exactly what it did to me. I was driving in my semi. i semi driver for a living. Uh, I was driving back from one of my last stops. I damn near wrecked the damn thing. Like seriously, it was a <laughs> (laughs) about about like a three-lane pilot. It was amazing. I was so ecstatic, so excited, just because the Broncos have been in a a quarterback carousel since 2015 when they won uh, Super Bowl 50. Obviously, you've got names like uh, Mark Sanchez was in the building, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, Joe Flacco was in the building at one point, Case Keenan was there, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. It's just been a a non ending desert and finally at the end of this you're like when you walk through the desert and you're just begging for a drink of water you know you're you're looking for anything like tap water or something like that (laughs) you walk to the end of this desert and finally there's there's a bottle of water and it's like fiji or smart water like the best water you could possibly ever get this is russell freaking wilson guys this is a top five quarterback in the nfl i don't care what anyone wants to say i mean yeah I understand the finger injury last year. He's kind of fallen off a a little bit. Uh, Obviously, 33 years old. The mobility is kind of slowing down a little bit. But, guys, this dude is going to take this offense to another level, something we haven't seen since 2013 with the Denver Broncos. Like, quite honestly, it's been that long of a stretch with just inept quarterback play, and I cannot be more excited.
4: So the true value of the trade, uh, we were discussing this uh, before. Errol thought they gave up a lot. Yes. I thought I didn't think it was as bad because Shelby Harris is older. Noah Font, while well, he's a good prospect, really hasn't developed. Uh, and, and Russell Wilson... It's been two years. I, I mean, come on. Also, man. also with all the receivers... Who's throwing him the ball, okay. by the way? I know that. But Russell Russell Wilson also doesn't use a lot of the tight ends, so I really didn't think it was as bad. And obviously, Drew Locke has been turnover prone. So what do you think of the value of the trade? Do you think they did well? Do you think they fleeced Seattle? What do you think?
1: Honestly, I think they fleeced Seattle, to tell you the truth, because we're, we're talking a 33 year old franchise quarterback, potential Hall of Famer, a guy that's been to two Super Bowls, won one. Amazingly how he has not been an MVP or at least got an MVP vote in this league is just beyond me. But you're talking to a guy that's got a three to one Uh, touchdown to interception ratio over the course of his career been a 4,000 yard passer uh, been uh, what nine time Pro Bowl or something like that this guy is an elite level quarterback uh, player and you're not getting that for less than three first round picks I mean I was listening to you guys talk about Deshaun Watson earlier and I still think that you're getting two firsts for a a player of that caliber even with the with the legal situation over his head it's a 27 year old quarterback that's a top five player in the NFL at the position the quarterback position is the most premium position in all sports. Like, hockey goalie is the a close number two. But even then, we're talking NFL quarterback hockey goalie down here like it's way way dis- like the disparity between the two is so incredibly invaluable that you're getting a, a franchise quarterback for two first round picks for two second round picks you're shipping over a fifth getting a fourth and you're getting rid of a player in drew lock who i am not a fan of right. but let's just be very clear i'm not a fan of drew lock um no fan i'm that's actually the piece that really hurts me the most because mm-hmm if you give him a good a good quality quarterback and a system that actually utilizes his talents the way that they need to utilizing that athleticism the speed stretching the seams utilizing him on some some deep over routes some spear routes and stuff like that where you can throw him the ball into some space and let him run after the catch the way that he we all know that he is able uh, to do hmm. like that's the big piece to Hurts but Shelby Harris they might have overpaid him just a little bit this last season. I think it was like not, uh, three years, $27 million, like $9 million a, a year or something like that. that. That's that's an all right deal. But the Broncos got out of this with a franchise quarterback that has a five- to seven-year window at least mm. for two first-round picks. Mm. Sign me up all day, guys. Like, this is a fleece job. And it, it comes even, even further circle when you understand that the Washington uh, Commanders actually offered three first round picks for Russell Wilson. And the reason why the the trade value went down was because Russell Wilson had the no trade clause and he actually had the opportunity to shoot down any trade offers that he was not willing to go to Washington offered three first round picks, two second round picks and three third round picks, at least what I was told. um, Mm -hmm. And four different players for Russell Wilson. He said, no. So the Broncos got away with two first, two seconds and three players to get that guy because he said, yes, dude, You you cannot be serious. You can't be serious.
3: We are talking to Mile High Huddle Broncos analyst and draft scout Lance Sanderson. So, we, we talk about the Broncos, some of the talent that they have. You, now you add Russell Wilson. If he passes his physical this week, I, I believe he will. He, or... did. he did, by the way. Oh, he, he, did. he already passed his physical oh, good. and
1: he signed his no-trade clause.
3: Oh, that's great. I, I didn't. It, I thought he was gonna. they were going to wait until next week. But uh, So, now that you have Russell Wilson in the building, you have Devontae Williams that looks like he's a stud. Uh, Jerry yes. Judy, if he can stay healthy. Do they bring back Melvin Gordon? Uh, you, you have a great corner in Patrick Sertan. I, I mean, this team has a tremendous amount of defense and, and they have a lot of offensive we- weapons, Cortland, Sutton I mean, this this team probably has more weapons on the offensive side of the ball that Russell Wilson has never actually played with you know, in Seattle all those years so, adding Russell Wilson what could this offensive uh, offense be this year, adding a guy like Russell Wilson
1: <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's going to be very exciting in, in my personal opinion. I mean, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, you've got two prototypical X receivers playing on the same side of the football, you know, um, they do a really good job creating separation, run after the catch, very big body, physical catch receivers. Um, they, they, it's just an, an amazing pair of wide receivers. And then you add in a slot guy, like a Jerry Judy, a guy that is arguably a top three route runner and he's not number three in the NFL uh, a guy that can create instant separation. He has some drop issues, so that's going to be something to watch and monitor going forward with a guy like Russell Wilson, who does like to fit some footballs into some tight windows. The weapons that this this guy has now is far and away better than anything he's ever had. No slight to DK Metcalf or to Tyler Lockett. like those guys are great wide receivers, but name of the third wide receiver on that team. You can't, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not possible. It's like, Freddie who was their tied end? like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like who was their tied in this year? Jacob Hollister, former undrafted free agent from my home state of Wyoming, by the way, a uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Jacob Hollister, but, uh, You still have Albert Okawaben on as well. Another straight line vertical threat at the tight end position. Javante Williams, who's a broken tackle machine. Um, I was listening to some Denver Sports Talk radio earlier today. And they're like, you know, Javante Williams, with the the physical type of running that he has, you're Mm going to put him into some outside zone stretch situations, um, bootleg play action stuff. Javante Williams, is that the next, you know, Marshawn Lynch? I don't want to. Really be that guy, but like that—that's the the kind of player you're you're looking at here. A guy that can get physical, um, get down the field, has the ability to break long runs. He's not going to take anything to the house because he doesn't have that long breakaway type of speed. But this uh, this offensive system under Nathaniel Hackett, they're going to run a lot of wide zone bootleg play action plays, and then throw the the football deep, which is what Russell Wilson really likes to do. And they've got three guys—one specifically in Jerry Judy that can take the top off of the defense, and two guys that can go and just go get it, go jump be the high point receiver um, play above the rim and take the football down and be physical at the point of the catch. So like, this could be a very, very exciting offense. And it really wouldn't surprise me to see the Broncos go after a tight end early in the draft this year, like, uh, like a Trey McBride or Mm -hmm. maybe a a guy that I really like out of coastal Carolina and Isaiah likely.
4: Mm. Mm Hmm. I like both of those guys too. I actually think McBride is a really good fit in a lot of this modern NFL type thing. So I, that would yeah. definitely be interesting. Uh, you were bringing up Hackett before, and obviously it seemed like the path was they were hiring Hackett, to possibly luring Aaron Rodgers at a trade. Instead, they go for Russell Wilson. George Patton, I think, was the one they said he preferred Russell Wilson, even though Hackett, Aaron Rodgers is Hackett's guy. So, yep. do you think Hackett? How do you think Hackett will have to adjust his offense, similar, different from what he is in Green Bay, to fit to Russell Wilson's needs? Because we've seen Russell Wilson with a lot of different offensive coordinators in seattle and kind of create for himself a lot of the time
1: so a big thing is and i'm glad you brought that up the ability to create behind the line of scrimmage and create his own pocket and get out and you know uh play that that football or that that uh schoolyard type of football you know um that's gonna actually kind of be accentuated with what hackett wants to do from the sound of it um going back to what green bay did uh, i think a lot of that was kind of predicated off of what Matt LaFleur liked to do the straight drop pass. I think Nathaniel Hackett wants to to incorporate a lot more of the the bootleg action, the moving pocket stuff like that and get his quarterback out on the move. And while Aaron Rodgers is probably what top two quarterback, like honestly, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he can throw off of any platform. He can throw off the run and do er everything. Russell Wilson is another guy that has a a great arm. He can move and throw on the run. He can create with his legs and he can still extend the play and then do something with the football in his hand or out of his hand. Like quite honestly, he's the the ability of him to be able to, um, to to set back behind the line of scrimmage and, and pick, pinpoint passing and and throw into these tight windows and stuff like that. There's there's a lot to like here. I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of tweaking that is uh like specifically to the to the Matt LaFleur offense. I think they're going to try to incorporate a lot of what Russell Wilson likes to do, which listening to Mina Kimes earlier today on her podcast, what he likes to do is it, it's mirrored reads mm-hmm. on either side of the field. So he likes to say, "All right, well this side I I have I I I am reading this side of the field. I'm reading this side of the field. Everything's all the same. Now I can exploit something to work this way. And if my first two reads aren't there, I can then create and extend and then throw the, throw the deep shot just for the hell of it. So it's going to be a very creative offense, I think. And it's going to be something really fun to watch.
3: We are talking to mile high huddle Broncos analyst and draft scout, Lance Sanderson, Now, uh, something that really stands out to me when it comes to this Broncos team is their offensive line, which played very well last year. One of the more uh, underrated strengths of this team. And and Russell Wilson, that comes from Seattle, who one of their weakest parts of their team was the offensive line year in and year out. They didn't rebuild that offensive line. One of the main reasons why Russell Wilson wanted out of Seattle was the offensive line. What are your thoughts now with the strength? One of the big strengths of this team is their offense line. What, what could Russell Wilson do better now with an offensive line this good?
1: To go into the offensive line a little bit more in depth here, mm-hmm. they definitely need a right tackle. Of I course. Mean, last year, they had, they had Bobby Massey is a free agent this year. Um, they, they've had a revolving door at the right tackle position for a long time. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry at the center position is a, a guy that they could potentially move on from, uh, potentially in, in some kind of a trade package or something like that. Um, I know they're not thrilled with him. He just hasn't developed, and the play strength with him is just is terrible. And that's something that they're going to have to kind of scheme around. But I do think that what they're going to do is uh, Graham Glasgow, who played center at Michigan and also played center in Detroit, is going to be a guy that are going to slide inside. Um, another guy that they drafted in the third round last year out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, my guy, uh, Quinn Miners, the belly. I mean, this guy's monstrous, a great athlete. Uh, he played center at the Senior Bowl and actually showed out as well. Um, there's still some issues and some tooling that needs to, to be done with the offensive line. But going back to what Russell Wilson had in Seattle, this is a like we're leaps and bounds ahead of what the, the, the Seattle Seahawks had here in Denver, like it's much better, this, you know. uh, the, this offensive line, uh, while it's not spectacular Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's some holes you got to patch up. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot to work with here. Um, They're going to do a lot better now with this zone scheme where you can get, you know, a guy like Dalton Reisner moving laterally because he's not a a guy that you can just put into the phone booth and have him maul a guy down. He's not a a, a gap kind of a player, get him out into some space and let him chase some guys down. That's what he's going to do. And then Garrett Bowles, man, like, We got to talk about this guy because he's so athletic and so long. He's so strong. He's got that bully mentality. He's a glass eater, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy is phenomenal. There's a lot of pieces here, and this new scheme for them is going to accentuate that, and then they have a quarterback that has the ability to maneuver within the pocket, get outside, create his own space, create his own running lanes, create his own throwing lanes as well, and – like I I'm so excited for this Broncos offense because we finally have a quarterback that can actually accentuate all of the talent that we do currently have, even with the slight holes that we still have in place.
4: Garrett Bowles was everyone all the Bronco fans wanted him out in 2019 and then two great years in a row after that.
1: Dude, I got to I got to tell you this. So uh, I I'm wearing my hat right here. The dove alley, deep divers podcast guys. We air, if you're a Broncos fan, we air every Friday night on the mile high huddle YouTube page. Um, every, uh, it's 6 PM mountain time, 8 PM Eastern time. So for the last year and a half, even before uh, the the Garrett Bowles got his contract extension, even going into that season, there were so many people that said Garrett Bowles is a flop. So is a bust. He's terrible. All he does is hold. Uh, there was a guy that was literally making like toilet jokes about him. It's like it, you can't flush a three hundred pound turd down uh, Garrett Toilet Bowles. Like it, it was awful. Oh, I was God. that guy. I was that one guy that said. Watch what's going to happen. That five holding penalty game against Chicago. After that happened, he had like three holding penalties the entire season and zero within the last ten, the the last uh, five weeks. And I'm like, this guy just proved himself over six weeks of the season. Improved his technique. He got his own personal mentor to, to help him uh, like learn his technique even better. And then came out and played at an all-pro level. And I'm like, this guy, I'm telling you, he's going to play at an all-pro level, at a Pro Bowl level, if not all-pro level. Like, this is going to be a premier left tackle in the league. And he proved me right, damn it. And I still <laughs> thump my chest every single day on that take. So,
4: so my actual question was based off of Hackett again. Because, obviously, they were bringing him in for, for Aaron Rodgers initially at first. But also... In terms of what you think of him as a raw head coach, like was he the guy that you wanted? Was he somebody that you think is going to be a good head coach for the Broncos, or is there another target you had in mind of what you thought would be the best fit, regardless of the quarterback?
1: My personal best fit was Dan Quinn. That was the guy that I really wanted, <laughs> defensive coordinator from Dallas. Um, a guy with some head coaching experience because the Broncos, after they had Gary Kubiak retire, um, after they won Super Bowl 50, um, they went in the direction of Vance Joseph. First-time head coach on the defensive side of the football quote unquote leader of men was just, you know, a a rising up and up and coming star, yada, yada, yada. Like I I really didn't want to go in the next direction, even with Vic Fangio. Like that was a guy I I wanted Mike Munchak to be the head coach at that particular point, but Mike Munchak wasn't interested in being a head coach anymore. He Mm -hmm. just wanted to stick on the offensive line, which is fortunate for the Broncos because he ended up coming to Denver to coach under Vic Fangio. But we now have a guy in Dan Quinn who's a high-quality head coach who's been to a Super Bowl. He's been at the highest level of the game, um, widely respected, very, very well-liked among all of his players. And every single one of his players wanted him to come back in Atlanta, including Matt Ryan, who pounded at the table on Arthur Blank's desk saying, we need this guy. This is our head coach. And then they just didn't come out and perform for him. But what he did with Dallas, who was a terrible defense back in 2019, bring him back 2020, 2021, it, it, especially in uh, 2021, where that defense, you have Trevon Diggs, you have Micah Parsons, you have Demarcus Lawrence. Like all three of those guys were potentially in the, the conversation of the defensive player of the year. Dan Quinn was the head of that defense. And he, with the experience that he had, that was the guy that I wanted. And it also brings full circle to the conversation we're having here tonight, Russell Wilson like he was the defensive coordinator in uh in Seattle with Russell Wilson when they went to and won Super Bowl 48 back in 2013. That was the guy that I wanted because you have experience on the head coach, the the connection to the quarterback and you can finally get this this franchise back to relevancy.
3: As everybody knows, we are talking to Mile High Huddle Broncos analyst and draft scout Lance Sanderson. So, you are a draft scout. So, Tell us a little bit about what you thought about the combine. What stood out to you? Obviously, the speed of some of the wide receivers in the corners. Probably the fastest uh, wide receiving class we've ever seen come out of the uh, the combine. What were your thoughts of this year's combine? <sighs>
1: It's 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 difficult because you see all the fast times, but also you see a lot of guys this year that I thought were gonna test a lot faster. Um, specifically speaking to a guy that I like that fits in what the Broncos wanna do, wide zone scheme at the right tackle position, and Max Mitchell from Louisiana. Mm. The movement skills that he has, he did not test very well at the combine. But on the flip side of that, then you have guys that you did know that were gonna run well, that you did know that were gonna test very well, a guy like a like a Troy Anderson or like a um a, a, a Tariq Woolen from UTSA, the cornerback, six foot four, 205, ran a 4.26, I believe is what it was. Mm-hmm jumped out of the building. Like it, it was so much fun to just get back into that environment and, and hear more of the stories that came out of it. The, the crazy thing that I heard this year, and I'm not sure if this is like that every single year is the scheduling was so different from what it sounded like where they would have these guys do uh, medical interviews and stuff like that after they did their bench press. So they go in, they warm up do the bench press and then do medicals and interviews with the teams individually and then go back out onto the field. And there was a lot of players specifically one Kayvon Tibedo Thibodeau from Oregon, uh, he didn't like that. And that was a big reason why he actually backed out of the testing from what it sounds like. Um, he did the bench press. He did a 40s. Like, I just, I just can't do all this stuff, which, going back to his interview process is kind of a red flag because he said he was going to do all that and he didn't care. He was a competitor. Well, if you're a competitor, you got to deal with some tough situations every night, regardless. Anyways, right. it, it was, it was just fun to get back into the, into the conversation of it. Like actually having some inside media, there some people that I talked to within the organization, within the, the media group that lives here in Denver as well. Like it's fun to have some of those conversations come back to light and really get some more insight to some more of these prospects. And I, I really can't wait to get into it even further.
4: You were mentioning a lot of the small school guys, uh, um, uh, before before that, I know you mentioned you're a Wyoming guy, Chad Muma, another one that I, th- yep. I I liked coming out. He didn't test as well either. So just the small school guys in general, just as a, as a whole, you're talking about Lively. You're talking about uh, Woolen, who I really like too. Um, it seems like there's more of them in this draft than there they usually are. What do you think is the basic, biggest reasoning for that? And can you see this become more of a common trend just because they get more experience, more playing time over some of the guys that might be at bigger schools but don't get the chance to play as much?
1: I think a big part of that is actually over the last couple of seasons with the NCAA opening up the transfer portal and getting some of these guys that are in bigger schools. Yeah. They, they get signed. They they want that big scholarship. They want the big time, the the, the bright lights and stuff like that, but go back to uh, a guy like at the top of the draft, probably the the number one quarterback in this draft class and Malik Willis who went to Auburn or uh, yeah, I believe it was Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up transferring out because he couldn't beat out Jarrett Sidham and then couldn't beat out Bo Nix. It was just not the right fit for him. He transferred to Liberty, spent three years there, and is now the number one quarterback in this draft class. You've got guys like a Trevor Penning that uh, up in northern Iowa, a guy that's a freakish athlete. Like there, There's so much more parity in the college football ranks, especially at the lower level, because you have all these guys that are saying – I don't have the opportunity here to to hit the field and get my talents actually shown and recognized on a national scale. So why not go and get to a place where I can actually show myself? I can actually get on the field. I can actually start and show these scouts that I am worthy of being a top level pick because like, why would you sit and rot behind uh, some somebody on the bench? I mean, look at Justin Fields last year, Mm. even like he was, he was at Georgia sitting behind Jake Fromm. said, I'm not going to sit here and, compete behind a guy that they've already handed the starting job to let him just go do it. I'm going to transfer out, wait a year, sit in the, sit in the transfer portal. I'll come out at Ohio state show that I'm the better quarterback and then go out and become a top 12 draft pick. I think it was like 11 or 12, something like that. That's the biggest reason to me why you're seeing a lot more of these small school kids, because there are a lot more transfer kids coming from bigger programs to start to uh, thin out some of the talent a little bit more.
3: Uh, as everybody knows, we are talking to Mile High Huddle Broncos analyst and draft scout Lance Sanderson. Lance, uh, talking about the combine, these offensive linemen. The one that really stood out to me in this combine was Ikem Iquanu, who was uh, absolutely fantastic. He did everything that we expect this, you know, an offensive lineman to do at these combines. He ran the forty very very well. Everything that he did, uh, you know, lifting everything, uh, his jumping ability. Uh, What were your thoughts about him? And some people say now, as well as he did at the combine, he might move up as the number one best uh, offensive lineman in this draft over Evan Neal, who didn't really do uh, his combine. He's going to be doing his pro day in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, Ike Aquanu is a guy that's just so much fun to watch because he's got the elite athleticism. All the traits are there. He's a mauler in the running game, great pass sets. Um, obviously, going back to his testing and stuff like that, he damn near jumped out of the building from the sound of it. Uh, and also, there's a great backstory behind him as well he's apparently a guy that got into Yale very intelligent kid and decided that his best future for him was to go to North Carolina State and then play on the offensive line and now he's going to be a multi-millionaire because he probably is going to be at least a top three pick if not the number one pick in this draft mm-hmm. it's just a, a, a huge testament to a guy like that and it's a great testament to the scouting process because a, a couple of weeks ago there, there were people like is he really worth four? Is like, is he, is he even worth a top 10 pick? Is that a guy that we really want to go into? Like there, there's some flaws with him. He's still got some technical refinement. Like we just don't exactly know about him. Then he comes out and he blows everyone away in his interview process, tests athletically off the charts and is now in, I think infirmly in the, in the driver's seat for the number one pick this year, quite honestly.
4: Mm-hmm. So the Broncos obviously now with the Russell Wilson trade don't have a pick until the 3rd round but they have still have 5 picks in the top 115. Is there a position yep. and or also specific prospects that you would think would be good fits for the Broncos to target?
1: So specifically going to the positions, I'll just jump into it. Uh, obviously, the, I, I mentioned it a couple of times now, the right tackle position is a big need for this team. Um, depth at the cornerback position, and obviously, you know, you have uh, Passer Tan, uh, Ronald Darby they signed. It sounds like Bryce Callahan could be coming back on a cheap deal, by the way. Um, they also like Michael Ojamudia, a former third-round pick out of Iowa, but they're not exactly sure how he fits in here. So a cornerback, especially in the nickel, is going to be a big thing. Um, edge defender, for sure, because obviously with Vaughn Miller and the rumors that was going around, with him the other day it sounds like he wants to come back but with the uh, the deal that harold landry just signed with the titans the other day what, what was it five years 87 and a half million dollars that might drive him out of the broncos price range because with this russell wilson deal the broncos have currently about 24 and a half or 25 million dollars in cap space are you going to be willing to throw that at a 33 year old edge defender who is still playing at pretty high level, Mm -hmm. at least from what he showed in the playoffs this last season. So Edge is definitely a concern there as well. And obviously the off-ball linebacker position, specifically for guys because the Broncos don't pick until number 64. They gave up their number nine. They gave up the number 40. So they have the 64th pick as their first pick this year. Um, Guys like uh, uh, Max Mitchell, that I already uh, mentioned before, at the the right tackle position. Tyler Smith from Tulsa is another guy. Uh, Daniel Fa'alele, even though I'm not quite sure that he's going to fit just because he didn't move as well as I thought he did, even at his time in Minnesota. Six foot six, 380 pounds. And for a guy that size, he moves well, but does he move well enough to get in the stretch zone game? I'm not sure. Uh, Matt uh, Matt Willetzko, Cordell Volson to get out of North Dakota State that I really liked a couple of years ago. Um, when I watched him the first time, I actually thought that he looked a lot like Garrett Bowles, just in his movement skills, the length and the frame that he has. They look a lot alike, so that was a guy I really liked, um, even though it sounds like he might be moving inside the guard at the next level. Uh, for cornerback specifically, I already mentioned his name. Tariq Woolen is a guy that I really like. The fluidity testing, he had a uh, do you guys follow uh, Kent Lee Platt, uh, the relative af- athletic score on Twitter? If not, this is a great follow for you guys. It's at Math Bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, what he does is it's a it's a size metric and then an athletic, athletic testing metric that he combines them together to give you a relative athletic score. Hmm. Uh, Tariq Woolen actually scored a 10 out of 10 unofficial on his relative athletic score at six four two oh five with a f- uh, 4.2640. Um, he was under six seconds or under, under seven seconds in his uh, three cone drill, it, it, regardless. Anyways, uh, this guy's a, a freak of an athlete, young player to position was a transfer from a wide receiver. Um, so he still has got a long ways to go, but at 64, I think you have some value there. He can also play at the slot a little bit. Um, Cameron Taylor Britt, a kid from Nebraska that I really like a lot. Uh, th- he played a lot at safety at the senior bowl, uh, does a really good job running downhill, a very aggressive tackler um, needs to work. It, like if he's going to be uh it, at, a, at the cornerback position at the NFL level. Um, he's probably going to need to play off the ball because he's a little bit a uh, little bit stiff in his hips. Doesn't really have the fluidity to play in off zone. So that's a guy that I, that's still a guy that I like because the Broncos like to play a lot of off quarters coverage. So he would fit there. Um, a guy that I really like as well, Darion Kendrick from Georgia. Yeah. Um, head case. And there's a big reason why he's fallen in this draft. Um, the athleticism is there. The fluidity is there. The ball skills are there. It's a guy that I would take a, a, a third round flyer on say at like number 75, which is the Broncos next pick. Um, at edge, Nick Benito from Oklahoma is a guy I like. Uh, Cameron Thomas, who's actually kind of falling because he didn't test very well at the combine, and at that size, you need to have uh, a lot better athleticism than he actually does. Josh Paschal out of Kentucky, Alex Wright, a kid from uh, University of Alabama Birmingham, is another kid that I like as well. And then uh, just to round this out here at the linebacker position, Chad Muma Troy Anderson, Channing Tindall out of Georgia is a guy I like a lot, and then Brian Asamoah. While he's small, he has at least some fluidity to him. He doesn't have the most athleticism, but he identifies his landmarks and coverage really well. That's a guy that I like for this Broncos scheme.
3: My last question is, uh, going into the season, you're probably, now the Broncos are probably in the hardest division in all of football. You have, obviously, the Las Vegas uh, Raiders, if they keep Derek Carr there. You have Derek Carr there. You have, obviously, Russell Wilson. You have uh, Patrick Mahomes. And then you have... Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, a young superstar right in front of our eyes, Um, being that obviously the Broncos now have Russell Wilson. Do you think now with Russell Wilson that they're the team to beat in a division or they still have a lot of work to do?
1: I think they're right up there with it. Honestly, I think it's kind of a coin flip between the Chiefs and, and the Broncos, honestly, when you have quarterbacks of that caliber and with the with the quality of the roster that the Broncos do have currently, we obviously went through the offensive side of the football, but even still defensively, the secondary is still set up. Um, they, they might need some safety help. Uh, be outside of Justin Simmons, who is a top five safety in the league, uh, they have Caden Stearns, a second round player out of, out of Texas from last year who played well, but not well enough to go into the season with him as the starter. You're probably going to want some competition for him. The linebacker position with Barry Aaron Browning, they're going to bring back. Potentially, Josie Jewell is a guy they're going to bring back. They also have Micah Kaiser and uh, Jonas Griffith, a couple of guys that played towards the end of the season that actually fit very well with what this defense wants to do. The defensive line is really the biggest question for me on this team right now. Like – because you you obviously traded off Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, who is a, a nose tackle on this team, is probably on his way out as a cap casualty. You've got Draymond Jones potentially. Deshawn uh, Deshawn Williams is a guy that you that that could stick around, but then Bradley Chubb is a huge question mark because you just can't stay healthy. And when he is healthy, he's a he's a great player. Like you, you really like to have a guy like that. But on the other side of that, Malik Reed has been not great. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, a rookie last year, has some play strength issues he's got to work through. Um, there's just not a lot to work with. They've really got to bolster this pass rush. But still, even outside of that, there's enough talent on this team. And with a quarterback like a Russell Wilson that can go and win you some football games, this team is going to be very lethal in the AFC West especially. But uh, I believe they're going to be a playoff team. And they, depending on what they do in free agency and if they can fill some holes in the draft as well, they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders, like right away. Like this team has enough pieces, and with a with a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a, a, a quarterback the caliber of Russell Wilson, they're knocking on the door for sure.
4: Yeah, they're bet the betting odds already put them fourth uh, already in terms of winning the Super Bowl after wow. the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, so my last question is actually not football related. Uh, you said you were a Wyoming guy. They're a basketball yeah. team looking pretty good this year. They're projected a nine seed right now in uh, Jerry Palm's bracketology. How far do you think they could get to go in this NCAA tournament?
1: You know, it's it's really funny. I, I don't follow the, the college basketball uh, uh, scene very much, but what I do follow from uh, from the Wyoming aspect of it, uh, they played CSU really tough, won, uh, won a game in Fort Collins a couple of weeks ago, then mm-hmm. uh, they lost in Laramie uh, just the other day. Uh, sounds like they were right on the doorstep of being ranked. So I'm, I'm very excited. I know Graham Ike is a guy that's getting looked at as far as a, a potential professional player. Um, Hunter Maldonado, one of their, one of their wing players is a, is a high quality scorer, guy that goes and rebounds the basketball. Well, as, as well, um, as far as the, the NCAA tournament, I don't know, man. Uh, CSU is so dominant. That Dobby kid is just, is an amazing player. Um, like I don't expect Wyoming to to win the West and going into the tournament, if they're going to be a nine seed, they're probably going to have a, a tough matchup. Um, so if, if they make it out of the out of the first round into the second round, I'd be I'd be proud of them. If they make it out of the second round and going into the uh, into the Sweet Sixteen man, that would be, that would be a lot of fun. And I, I think they have enough talent. They, they should be able to do it. So the way I, I'm pro- looking forward to it, I can't wait.
4: The way this projection lies, again, according to Jerry Palm, they would play Murray state in the first round as the eighth seed, and then they'll get to play Gonzaga.
1: If they play Gonzaga, they're not getting out of the second round. That's for sure. Like, like it, Gonzaga has, the, has the goods to go in and win the tournament. But isn't that something they never say win. every single year though? Yeah. Say, never never we say that every single year, they'll be the number one seed and they'll just <laughs> lose <laughs> in the second round. Like, they're every they're pretty steady.
4: The last five years, six years maybe in the Sweet 16, at least, but beyond that, it's a crapshoot. You never win.
1: Oh, I I got a question for you guys uh, regarding the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, I I actually I tuned into the Duke and North Carolina game the other day. Uh, was that as much of an embarrassment as I thought it was? Like, quite honestly, it's, it's Coach K's last game. Uh, ticket prices. Uh, did you guys ever see what like yeah. the lowest? Yeah, six thousand dollars. Yeah. The lowest yeah, one was
4: ridiculous. like three thousand four hundred eighty-two, and the highest was up to like fifty thousand. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, it's insane. There was a guy, he was a booster, I think. Um, he actually bought four tickets for a million dollars, so $250,000 of pop courtside seats. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you you have that high of a, of a, of a scale event in Coach K's last game in Cameron Indoor Stadium, national televised, everybody is watching this. And you go out and get your absolute, you know what kicked in. In front of the entire well, nation. I am
3: a Duke fan. I'm
1: your biggest rival.
3: Yeah, I'm a Duke fan, so
1: I, you know, oh, obviously. I love to rub it in. Yeah. Love to rub it in. I am
3: a Duke fan. Um, I, I watched bits and pieces of the game, especially in the fourth quarter, where I tuned in about five minutes left, and they were down by, I think, nine or eight uh, it, with five minutes left of the game. I didn't think they were going to win the game going into the five or four minutes left of the game. But was it embarrassing? Yeah, uh, is it going to hurt Duke when it comes to being a, a top seed in the NCAA tournament? No. And listen, if they make it to the Final Four, nobody's even going to care what they did in that game. So no, yeah. No. So it, it, to me, I, to me, it's all about trying to uh, win a national championship, and uh, they better not play like that. If they play like that, they're going to be eliminated pretty early in the tournament. So, and I, they, I've been, they, and I've been saying they, this. I, I'm sorry to uh, cut you off. I've been saying this. They're not a good rebounding team. And when they play teams like Purdue or even North Carolina or Kansas or any of these teams that can rebound the ball, they're going to have problems with it. They're a good shooting team, but they're not good rebounding. And year in and year out over the years, they've always been a good rebounding team. Uh, Coach K's teams have always been good in the paint and rebounding the ball. This year, that's one of their weaknesses, and I think it's going to affect them in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, if, if they don't go out and rebound the uh, rebound the basketball and play more physical, man, like mm. they seem soft. Yeah, like, they, they are really soft. They really do. And like it, it's it's crazy. They they want to play that finesse game. They want to shoot the ball really mm-hmm. well. Uh, th- that Boncaro kid is spectacular. Yes. right. And uh, like great uh, shooter, He's yeah. amazing. He's a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. Like I I I watched one game one one game this season. That was it. I'm like that kid's a lottery pick. Like mm-hmm. I guarantee you, he's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. But they got to get way more physical, especially on the offensive glass, especially on the defensive glass. Uh, They've got to get a little bit quicker in transition and then slow down and set up and don't take and these settle for shots Mm. that like especially against North Carolina, like they they were down I think six with like seven minutes to go. Yep. And they like they they had an opportunity, but it was like settle four shots, quick shots, getting the ball out of their hands quickly. They had they no knock anything. They down. had
3: no chance in six six minutes left of the game. I knew that nope. Duke was going to lose. Yep. I knew they yep. were going to lose. And everybody, I had friends texting me. I I kind of shut it off with the last three minutes of the game. I said, like, "There's no way they're coming back in this game. I don't want to hear it." They they can hit. They could hit four threes in a row. They're not winning this game. They're just—it was something about the pace of the game. It was going North Carolina. Really going in at the end of the first half, going into the second half, it was all North Carolina. The pace was their pace, and that's why they won the game.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see because, like I said, if they if they don't get more physical, if they don't rebound the ball as uh, better, especially on both sides of the floor, um, they're they could be a quick out. Uh, didn't they lose as a two fifteen?
3: Yes, yes, they did. A, yes. a couple years ago? Yeah. They like, also they, lost. And
1: they're they're going to be a two seed this year, too, from the sound of it. They, yeah. they, they, they got knocked out of the top four, so mm-hmm. they're probably going to be a they're two seed. They, they're better they're off.
4: They're better off. They, they, they lost they, as a 215 in 2012 to uh, CJ McCollum-led Lehigh. And then there two years go. later, I remember, because I picked him and win it all that year, they lost 314 as well against Mercer yep. mm-hmm. in 2014. Yep. Mm-hmm. and Which is mm-hmm. it's definitely weird. Duke's weird. They either go out in the first round or they'll make the final four. Like Usually, there's no really in-between with them. Mm-hmm. Even though they lost. South Carolina, that was early, too. But it's also weird, too, you mentioned the rebounding. they're actually Their team defense is actually better than they usually are, but mm-hmm. they just, they're, they're, just a guard team. they're just they just a guard-oriented team. They can't rebound. They
3: just can't rebound. And they, they play one of these bigger teams, like I said, Purdue, Kansas, North Carolina, and, and these teams are re- out-rebounding them. And they have to shoot. If they're shooting, right. and they're shooting well, and they, they're a good shooting team. They're one of the best shooting teams in the nation. If they can shoot the three and they get hot, nobody's beating them. But if they get into one of these spurts, where like they did against North Carolina when they hit like they shot like five three pointers in a row and they couldn't hit one of them they're not winning and because they can't out rebound the big teams that can uh, you're shooting threes and you're missing them and the other team's out rebounding you <laughs> there's no way you're gonna be able to keep up with the teams that can get into the paint and dominate you in the paint so uh, that's why I think Duke is gonna have problems in the, the NCAA tournament it's just a matter of where they are in the bracket and who they're matched up in the bracket if they match up very well against some of these teams they don't have to play Purdue, they don't have to play any of those other teams that I just mentioned. I think it'll be a very easy sweet sixteen for the Duke Blue Devils. If they do have to play one of these big rebounding teams that like to beat you up in the paint, they're not winning. They're they better not another Kentucky yeah. then because they got probably the best big man in basketball. Yeah. So Yeah it's true.
1: Yeah. That's very true.
3: Lance, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media?
1: All right, guys, you guys can follow me on Twitter by finding me at SandersonMHH. And also, guys, while you're at it, if you're a Broncos fan, also hit up at Mile High Huddle, where you guys are going to uh, find instant news and analysis, breaking news on your Denver Broncos. Uh, you'll find film breakdowns, uh, opinion articles. I've got a bunch of scouting reports that are be coming here over the next about – Month and a half or so leading up to the draft, I also do a huge fan consensus mock draft where I go hmm. and read about I don't know ten thousand comments over every hmm. single team uh, and try to figure out you know who do the fans want for each one of these picks. So I'm going to be publishing that about a week before the uh, before the draft. But guys, also if you guys are on YouTube, make sure you guys go to Mile High Huddle on Friday nights at six p.m. Mountain Time, eight p.m. Eastern Time, where you guys are going to find me live with my co-host Eric Trickle on the Valley Deep Dive. Podcast. If you guys are Broncos fans and want to help support the show, uh, com, where you guys can get some merch. You get one of these hats. There's a, a, a face mask, a t-shirt, anything to suit your guys' is fancy, but uh, again, Speedy needs a face Sanderson, mask. MHA's. I mean,
3: look at that face. I mean, he needs one.
1: Oh <laughs> boy! You should, you should, he needs a hat. He needs a hat or a haircut. Look at that! He, he, he definitely needs a haircut. <laughs> you, should,
4: you should read right. some of those uh, old. You should read some of the old the ten thousand fan comments from the twenty nineteen draft for all the all the fans that were saying, "All oh, let's draft this tackle to <laughs> replace Garrett Bowles uh,
1: No, uh, so uh, who did I have? I, I think it was uh, Devin Bush at ten. Was who it was? Um, I was actually comfortable taking Drew Lockett at ten there. But uh, yeah, it, it, like that was, that was actually a really fun article. Um, in fact, it's a 2019 NFL draft. The, the article that I wrote was uh, number. Th- if you Googled NFL mock draft, it was actually the number three article behind uh, one from NFL.com. And then the second one above that was Todd McShay versus uh, um, Mel Kiper Jr. 2. 0, their dueling mock draft. Mine was the third one for over a week Had 650,000 page views. It was awesome. Well you're better wow.
4: than both of them
3: so. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, uh, you know, if you you haven't read my my hat over here, that's what that's what Speedy is right there. Oh my
4: god. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you wearing that hat? Why are you wearing that hat? Well, you don't like the hat, man? No, I prefer Lance's hats. <laughs>
1: HuddleUpPod.com uh, HuddleUpPod.com If you're a Broncos fan uh, I'll wear on. your
4: hat 99 times Before I were ever wear that one no, <laughs> that's, that's because you don't have A sense of humor
3: Anyways Lance thank you for joining us We'll definitely get you on again We really Really loved your interview You're, you're awesome We really appreciate it
1: well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you for having me. Can't wait to do it again. We'll see you guys later.
3: Absolutely. We were just talking to Mile High Huddle, Broncos analyst, and draft scout Lance Sanderson. Awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Great personality. Knows his stuff, man. Knows more a little bit about, more about the draft than you do, Speedy. I think you're a little lost. And you definitely need a haircut, man. Trim something, man. I, I mean, I've been telling you, you know, trimming other places in your body. You, oh, my God. We're not going I, there. Man, I, you need to go somewhere We are not that. going I mean, there. I, I mean, you're a little lost. I mean, that hair over there, that muff, I mean. Seriously, don't shave the face, the beard. You look like a, a you know, a, like
4: a, a four-year-old child. Okay? Yeah, and then and then when I grow it out, you say I look like a werewolf. So <laughs> I, I don't know what it is with you.
3: I, I, just clean it. Just uh, just clean it like mine. You see how clean mine is. If you clean it, it looks better. You know, I, I think that's what you need to do. I, and That's all I'm saying. By the way, Lance is awesome. Yes, he was. He really was Absolutely. good. Uh, he, and, and knows his stuff. Really, really knows his stuff. But. Uh, and, and he's right about Russell Wilson, right? I don't know if they won the trade. I, I think they gave up a lot, but he's right. Uh, I mean, giving most teams for a, um, a top five quarterback is probably going to trade three first round draft picks. They didn't have to do that, but they actually did because they traded Noah Font. And Noah Font was a first round draft talent and he's only been in the league for two years. And you heard what he said. Noah Font, that was the guy. That was the player that really upset him when they had to add that in a trade. And I'm telling you, could you imagine Noah Font playing with Russell Wilson? I mean, like seriously. I mean, DK Metcalf, all right, six foot three, six foot four, athletic freak. What do you think Noah Font is? He's an athletic freak. And you put him over there with Russell Wilson. I mean, and, oh, who, by the way, Noah Font? What did he run the the What did he run the forty in when he went to the comp? I want to. I want to say it was in the four six range. Yeah, I mean, and and. and and, and by the way, some of the wide receivers on that D, I i think he ran the—he ran better than some of the wide receivers on. on I the think Broncos. he ran faster
4: than Sutton, yeah, if I remember correctly. Definitely not Judy, but um, yeah, I think Sutton was in the four sevens, so yeah, that could be right or higher four sixes. So yeah, that would make a lot of sense in that case. But yeah, it, it was just a matter more. I was more saying that because Russell Wilson, outside of that one year that Jimmy Graham went off in Seattle, didn't really use the tight ends as much. So yeah, I don't but know. he's not a tight end; he's a wide receiver sure, tight end. That's
3: fair. You know, hybrid, and and, and that's what you want. And I. I think with his speed and his athletic ability, I think he would have matched up very, very well with Russell Wilson. So I, 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 I mean, I again, it, it could have went either way. You, you could argue they won. You can argue that they lost. But uh, I, I think getting one player for you know possibly five pieces. I mean, look, you gave up two first rounds, two second rounds, Noah Font, and then you gave up Harris, who they're going to keep Harris and Harris, yes, he's an older player. I mean, he's 30 years old. He still he still
4: can play another 3-4 years and he's a pretty good defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. So That's why I said he was the best player in the trade, but I also think he also was I think more of a product. It of- was an add-on no, no, no. He was also – he really flourished more with Fangio. He wasn't as good without Fangio there. So with him gone now, I don't know how he would fit in this newer defense type thing. And he's also, again, 30 years old. I, I, you're right. He's right. Uh, Lance was saying that they need to bolster up that front three as a whole. But they still have some other good veteran guys that could at least be plug-ins too. So I'm not as worried about that. And, again, Font, yeah, definitely was the highest, I guess, upside player that they traded Absolutely. away. Because he's probably still considered, I would say, a top a half of the league tight end. He's 24 years old. Yeah. So because – I know he hasn't developed, but like you are saying, the the quarterbacks haven't who's been great. Who's
3: throwing him the ball?
4: Yeah. I mean, honestly.
3: Who are you going to say? Don't tell me Drew Locke because no, no. he stinks. <laughs> you don't want I mean, to tell me about Drew Locke. I never Teddy liked Drew Locke in the a, first
4: place. Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback, but Teddy Bridgewater, he could stay healthy. But he was another guy that didn't really use the tight ends either. So yeah, oh. maybe we'll see. We'll see on if he flourishes there with with Seattle if that's the case. But who's the quarterback? Yeah. 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 If Drew that's Locker, Geno Smith is the quarterback. Oh god! I think they're
3: <laughs> going to make a trade for somebody or they're going to draft somebody. I I can't see them not going after another quarterback because if they keep DK F there and they keep Lockett there, which quite possibly could happen, they need to find a quarterback that can get him the ball because Geno Smith, you're not going to win with now. Seattle does get the Broncos' uh, first-round draft pick, and next year, if they're not if they're not good, they're going to get a, they're going to be a top five, uh, you know, draft pick again. I mean, they could have two top ten picks. I mean, seriously. I mean, the Broncos aren't going to be that
4: bad. <laughs> no, but again, the AFC West is so tough where it still could kind of cancel out in a sense. So if they if those teams beat each other up in the AFC West, the Broncos could still end up with like a ten and seven regular season finish or something like that. Even though they upgraded big time and still have a very talented roster, that division is going to be tough, especially if the Raiders also make the splashes that they're rumored to make as well. So the they got a lot of money, yeah, and, and I don't think they're going to be. They're not done at all. I
3: I, I can see the Raiders making. A ton of moves with Josh McDaniels there. And, and again, Jeff was saying, don't be surprised. Tom Brady, he said Tom Brady's throwing the ball again. Tom Brady could come out of retirement. Now, obviously, LA, I mean, Las, um, Las Vegas is going to have to trade something to Tampa to get somebody like Tom Brady. They're not going to have to give up a first round.
4: He's an old player. Well, no, yeah. De- if Derek Carr's round. in the deal, then you could have Derek Carr. And- no, you're not going
3: to have to give up Derek Carr for Tom Brady. I, I, that's ridiculous. Well, Carr's gonna
4: have to start somewhere
3: else then. So you have to trade him, in, and then you have to trade him. Yeah, a you could trade him in another in deal. Okay. I mean, All right. there are other teams that could use Derek Carr. Sure. I mean, I, so I mean, there's a lot of teams looking for a, star, a, a starting quarterback in the league. As crazy as it may sound. Uh, you know, there's very few that you could
4: say that are franchise quarterbacks in this league.
3: Right. Maybe and six. Now,
4: the Colts are now another opening, too, with the Wentz trade. And I think actually Carr would be a really good fit with Frank Wright. Cousins, there. too. Yeah. I, I uh-huh. think Cousins,
3: too. And I, I think Cousins will be traded. Uh, and <laughs> I I, I, I've been telling that to Jeff. I, I think there's no way Cousins is staying in Minnesota. And I think Minnesota's going to either look for a quarterback in this year's draft or next year's draft. And everybody's going to be going after that number one pick next year. Right. I mean, if you think about it, uh, teams are going to try to lose because, uh, that Alabama quarterback, uh,
4: is going to be sitting there pretty at number one, and there's a couple of good C.J. Stroud's not far behind though at number two as a yeah. possible number two pick. Now we'll have to see how he does without those receivers there, but uh, Jackson and Diva, too is another nice receiver. Next at Ohio year's State. draft class,
3: next year's draft class when it comes to quarterbacks are going to be
4: standouts. Right. I, I mean, this year it's just nothing really stands out to you, and but, more will emerge too. Like we saw with Matt Corral this year with Ole Miss, like another Corral another one, stinks, but more will emerge where they're going to be thought of like that. He's still very raw. I agree with you on that, but statistically speaking, other guys will emerge. Uh, Snug says I love the, the commanders traded for the equivalent of Kirk Cousins. Now Cousins is better and actually more durable than Wentz is.
3: He is, but I, again, we don't know what Carson Wentz is going to be this year. He played very well this year.
4: He really did. Yeah, he had a more efficient year than he usually does. I mean, he, he threw three, what he, it was, 33 touchdowns. 27 only. touchdowns, 7 picks, which is a well, more efficient not, year for him. It's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. Uh, now, again, we'll was that the coaching that helped him out too? And will he get that kind of same kind of thing? With I don't Washington? know about that. He still threw almost threw four thousand yards. No, that's fair. I mean
3: it, it, you can't say that's coaching. I mean he has to make no. The I throws. mean from an efficiency standpoint, like it's fine. Wentz was, still Wentz the was ball. always
4: that guy that he had all the arm talent, even when Doug Peterson was there. Now Doug, I'm not saying Doug Peterson and Frank Reicher, Bar- he just doesn't get along with people in the locker room, right? Which is- and the- is crazy
3: to sound. I mean, he looks like a nice guy. How does this guy not get along with people in the locker room?
4: Yeah. D- Doug Peterson was a good coach, too, and Carson Wentz was still throwing interceptions. So it, uh, maybe something they figured out in Indianapolis made him limit to that because he was doing that as MVP season, too, very li- uh, very good in terms of limiting the interceptions. But the other years is more what he was referring to when he had most of those double-digit interception years. Uh, Stuck says... Sucks says, Tom Brady to Seattle at a total shocker. Derek Hark plays special teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff says, Charlie Collar is the guy to watch at tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sucks says, Drew Locke mm-hmm. is the man. I will give Drew Locke credit for this one thing, the great comeback he had two years ago against the Chargers when they were down 24 to 3. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll always love Drew Locke for that. Sucks says, I heard Tom Brady wants to try a season as a quarterback slash kicker. Mm-hmm. In eight of the games he played, he was under two hundred yards. For Wentz, Wentz isn't bad, but he's also not that good. We're not saying he, we're not saying he's great, but he I was think more he would have e- fit better in Pittsburgh.
3: I, he, I do. He
4: was more efficient than he was in the past, and I think that's promising. Not for the level of his contract, because his contract's still, he's still big, still young. But it's not like it's not like. Carson Wentz is like Jameis Winston or something like that. Where... There's a
3: couple of good young backup quarterbacks that are going to be available this year this offseason. Mitch Trubisky, who deserves another chance. There'll be a, teams taking a flyer on him. And now I could see Pittsburgh taking a flyer on Mitch. Yeah. Because now that Carson Wentz is off the board, uh, they're still looking for that quarterback. And, and I don't think there's a quarterback in this year's draft that stands out that's going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers to the playoffs. No, nope. Which they're expected to make the playoffs this year with the talent that they have. Defensively and even offensively, especially what they did at the end of the season and squeaked into the playoffs. So, right. uh, again, they need a quarterback. And now I think the guy that's going to stand out, you know, now that all these guys are starting to be traded and everything like that is, is Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins right now, I don't think Minnesota, he's in, uh, you know, the plans for Minnesota. I think right. Minnesota is looking to rebuild at the quarterback position with a young offensive uh, coach, you know, filling in that spot. And Conley, I think you, you're gonna, you could see Kirk Cousins going to another organization, and we've mentioned a couple of them. I mean, San Francisco is a team that really stands out. Jimmy Garoppolo, this is the time that if I was San Francisco right now, they should be dangling Jimmy Garoppolo because there's a lot of teams looking for a quarterback right now. Now, is Jimmy a superstar quarterback? And I know what Jeff's going to say. He's not even close. He's this, he's that, he's horrible. But he's better than any of the quarterbacks that are available right now. Besides the Deshaun Watsons of the world and maybe the Kirk Cousins of the world, you could get something back for somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo.
4: Right. I really do believe that. That's another option, too, that both the Colts and the Steelers are going to have now, too. because both- I think Jimmy would
3: fit very well with the Colts.
4: Yeah, both of them have the money to make that kind of thing work. The Colts in cap space are top 10. The Steelers are able to shed some contracts. Obviously, Big Ben's contract comes off, too. They're now 11th in cap space. So the, both of those have realistic options. I, Cousins is obviously the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of a scheme fit, probably would be better with the Colts. But... Garoppolo is not a bad option. He's as been well. doing.
3: Be- he's done better in the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo, sure, but Cousins.
4: but again, Jimmy Garoppolo is also a uh, bit helped by helped yes. by the run game too, and all that. He didn't. I don't think. He's, I think he only had like one two hundred yard passing game. And it was at the Super Bowl, but still, he's been efficient enough in, th- in that case. And maybe with the Colts running game, maybe they could be thinking the same way too. And even the Steelers too. Najee Harris had a nice rookie year, consider how bad that offensive line was. He still played well. I told you, Najee Harris is going to be a star. He was actually so, better as a pass-catching back, too, than I would have thought as well. Uh, Snuck says the commander's lost on the deal by eating all $28 million of his salary for this year. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It depends on what they cut, too, because the, the, the Washington commanders have a lot of depth on the defensive side of the ball. They just need a lot more on offense. Uh, Amari Cooper said Dak Prescott in Black Kirk Cousins, is Black Kirk Cousins, and he might be right. Go
0: Cowboys. <laughs> Well, oh okay.
3: <laughs> again, uh, you talk about the quarterback and, and the quarterback play is so very important. And we talk about who's the next quarterback, who's going to fill here who's gonna, and, and and we we talk about how all these teams have their quarterbacks. They're still Quite a few teams right now that don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be next year, and 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 Teddy Bridgewater now over there, he's another piece that the Broncos could dangle around that uh, he could go somewhere else. Now Teddy is just a fill in piece, but
4: I think Teddy would fit over there in Pittsburgh. Absolutely, it seems like it seems like unless those other quarterback vacancies get filled with some of the guys we were just mentioning. He also could be an option to sign a, uh, because they're so money strapped right now, he might go back to the saints on a short deal too. Cause he played well over there in that 2019 season when breeze got hurt. So with the saints being 40, whatever million under the cap over the Catholic, like they are, that could be an option for them too. But yeah, the Steelers could be another one too, that works with those kinds of short route, receivers that they have. Najee Harris as a pass-catching running back is an option, too. And same thing with the Colts, too. They don't have a lot of big, deep threats, too. I think Wentz helped that a little with his arm talent, but if they want to go back to that kind of offense like they had with, with Brissett and the other quarterbacks, even Phillip Rivers the last year of his career, too, he wasn't really that big-arm guy as much as he used to be, and that was what Frank Wright... Really Kirk Cousins is going to be very expensive. That's, that's right? $45 million cap hit. You're, 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 if
3: you're going to go after Kirk Cousins, you better be sure that you're ready to win now. Because yeah, with Kirk Cousins, and I know you're going to say Ryan. I see Ryan Fitzmagic. I, I mean, Fitzmagic. I'll go back
4: to the Bills. The first backup. of all,
3: <laughs> it hasn't been healthy for the last two years. Right. I mean, I'm not going to trust in Ryan Fitzpatrick that he's going to stay healthy. He'll go to Buffalo year.
4: as a backup. <laughs>
3: he'll be a backup, and he'll fill in somewhere, and that maybe gets an opportunity. Somebody gets hurt. I don't see him as a starter anymore. He just can't no. stay healthy. I mean, Mitchell Chabitsky. I've been saying this over and over again. He deserves another chance. I think a team will give him another chance. But, uh, uh, you know, there's so many diff- different options. Or you're going to go into the draft, and you're going to bring one of these guys in, and you better hope that these guys turn out to be something special. But this is not a quarterback class and that's why. I mean, how about this Aaron Rodgers thing? Before I, I, I will say this: I thought Aaron Rodgers was on his way out from the Green Bay Packers. I, did, so. I, I really did. And then I, 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 the last week, week and a half, I heard that the Green Bay is offering him the biggest contract in NFL history, fifty million a year. And then uh, Jeff has been texting me; I, he's a greedy bastard. And and I listen. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna attack Aaron Rodgers for taking the most money he possibly can get, but. Uh, he, I, Jeff is right. I mean, he is he has hurt the Green Bay Packers in bringing back Devontae Adams. I mean, they did franchise him, but they're not going to be able to bring him back. I, I mean, now... I think being that they franchise him right now, he wants $30 million a year. He's not going to be happy with that franchise tag. Even if he's making $20, 22000000 he wants $30 million a year. He wants, to, he wants to get an extension. They're not going to be able to give it to him. So if I were them, I would try to trade him and try to get as much as they possibly can back for him and then restock in the draft when it comes to wide receivers, Speedy.
4: Speaking of Jeff, he has returned.
0: What's going on, Jeff? If you're not going to attack Aaron Rodgers for taking the most money possible, then you also need to at least concede when, when you complained, Oh, Aaron Rodgers has no one to throw the ball to whose fault is that? Jeff, you said it. You
3: said it best. You don't attack a player that takes the most money he gets offered. Did you not say that? But,
0: but he's already made a boatload of money already made a boatload. And by the way, he got a new contract last year. Uh, was
3: was Was it last year?
0: Yes, it was last yeah, it was. year. it was. The two years he got, yeah. He, he, first of all, he had a contract, and then renegotiated last year in case he wanted out and was happy with the contract. And then he's still not happy, and then got even more money this year. So every year he's getting a new contract, and then you're going to sit around and complain he has no one to throw to. Whose fault is that?
3: And I just said it. You you franchise Devontae Adams. You trade him. You try to get a first round draft pick for him, and then you build. <laughs> and you got all these. You have two first round draft picks. You draft the best wide receivers in the first round. You get two of them instead of you get two for the price of one. At least you don't have to overpay Devontae Adams, and you could get maybe maybe you get lucky, maybe you get Burks in... Um, Olave yeah. is somebody like that. You get two wide Olave, receivers. Stop
0: trying to make I'm Olave. Just,
3: I'm just do. saying, you get one of you get one or two of the best wide receivers in the first round and you ride with that. At least you get but two weapons instead of one. Is,
0: all I'm saying to you is last week your complaint was "Oh, they don't win cuz he's got no one to throw to. Whose fault is that? It's
3: called draft better. I mean seriously. Or at least well, make
4: an effort. They don't they didn't even drafted the one in the first two rounds. I mean seriously, well, draft all, better. It's not,
0: called, it's not called draft better. You need money to bring players in that are of value. Who's making all the money?
3: Aaron Rodgers. But he's the best. He's, fault is it he, he's the only player that can make subpar players better around him. So, Well, maybe
0: in the league now, but that wasn't always the case, was it? No.
3: But, I, again, I told you what you do. You trade Devontae Adams. You get a first-round form. And then you draft two wide receivers in the first round you. and solidify the position.
0: I'm tell you what they should have done. They should have told that hippie prick to hit the bricks. <laughs> tell your story, walking.
3: You're gonna you're gonna tell arguably the best quarterback in all of football. Just take a <clears up, throat> take a hike. We don't want you.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. I, and how? No, what, no, let, let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I, no, no, one hundred percent. I would have done it because if Russell Wilson is worth five draft picks, what's Aaron Rodgers worth? I understand that. My question—I would, would have rolled with Jordan Love and eight thousand other dudes because you would have been able to afford them all with the fifty million that you would have given Rodgers. And by the way, then you'd have ten first-round draft picks this year.
3: Okay, Green Bay is not a rebuilding team. Okay, they're a win-now team. They're a win-now. They're
0: only not a rebuilding team because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, exactly. We, we saw. We saw what Jordan Love
3: did. We we do. And if if Aaron Rodgers is not there, how how many wins does Green Bay
4: have? At most, probably Adam, six. Not even. Not even. <laughs> that, that division t- sucks, so maybe, but still.
0: T- <laughs> right. Right. I don't care. Even the Packers with Aaron Rodgers is the equivalent to Tyler Harrison in a port potty That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Poor Tyler. He's not even here and he's attacking him. <laughs> Tyler Harrison
0: in a porta potty <laughs> They're trash. They're pretenders. They're absolute pretenders. Oh, Lambo, it's so hard to go in there and win. Not for the 49ers, it's not
3: What they need to do is they need to find more weapons for him and you have to draft them. They have not done it for over the last <clears throat> couple of years, Jeff. You had a chance to uh, land uh, land Elijah Moore or uh, land any of these Rashad, wide receivers, no Rashad about I'm Moore. just no I'm naming, I, I'm, naming I'm naming wide receivers they could have drafted in the late first round and they didn't do it. They didn't help Aaron Rodgers out. Right. Now they, they have to done
0: right. They haven't done it for a while. I totally understand your point there. But we all know listen, it's happened more uh, more times recently that receivers come into the league and they're good right away. But generally that isn't the case. You point to Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. There's one here and there that does it. But generally receivers come into the league and they're just barely average. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be effective, you have to go sign a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You can't do it because you don't have any money why because all hippie is buying patchouli oil with all his 50 million dollars he's gonna make this year
4: but still it, it's also the reluctance to draft one too it's not like they drafted a first round guy and <clears> he <throat> flopped uh, they haven't they haven't really
0: tried like the right,
4: third right, round pick speedy, is usually the earliest they did but
0: and, speedy here's the, but here's the problem speedy because if it's not one excuse it's going to be the next because i because i already tell you what what happens oh we're complaining they don't draft wide receivers uh, they draft defensive players. But you know what the complaint before that was? Oh, the Packers don't play any defense. That's why Aaron Rodgers doesn't win. You can't have everything. No team has everything. And it's always with, the, with rag, rag, people that like Rodgers, it's always one excuse after the next. Oh, we don't have defense. Well, now they play defense. Whoa, yeah, but now he doesn't have any wide receivers. Well, good. Take less money.
4: Well, here's the here, the whole trend has been like that though with the Packers since their Super Bowl. Originally it was their defense was very good. They had receivers and they didn't have much of a running game. Then it was the defense once the offense what, got no good, te- the defense got good. The defense what, got worse. No te-
0: but no team has everything. Name a team that has everything. A running game, an offensive line, a defense, a defensive line, cornerbacks. Name a team that has everything. Right. Not no, no, I get I get everything.
4: I get your point with that. I'm just saying the trend did change though for the Packers in terms of what their biggest strengths and weaknesses that's, were.
0: That's great. But Aaron Rodgers fans, all they are is filled with excuses. That's all they are because if they didn't draft all those defensive players and they drafted wide receivers, guess what? Every game would be he would be losing fifty-two to fifty.
4: Well, it's not every right? draft that they would have needed to do wide receivers. No. It was probably starting probably as of twenty nineteen. I would say Even I last say- year. Well, no, I would say even so, like Jeff was saying, like, their biggest weakness for a while was their run defense. So I was so you're thinking, okay, maybe they have to draft a linebacker. I remember saying in the Jordan Love draft, I thought they were going to trade up for Patrick Queen. I thought that they were trying to steal him from the Ravens, and they took Jordan Love instead. But even so, like they've drafted a lot of these just different types of defensive players, which some of them have worked. Eric Stokes was a nice player this year. Rashawn Gary was a good player. I'm not
0: saying – they also, and, and you're also forgetting they did draft a wide receiver last year, who is pretty good. Okay, we'll see how he develops. Yeah, he's yeah. got to develop. Yeah. For us. But again, again I, but that's but that's the point. You can't just say, "Oh, we're going to draft receivers and they're going yeah, to Yeah, but he's
3: hurt. a third-round he, pick, man. He's not a he's not oh, a first-round talent. Omari
0: Rodgers, Rogers is still a really good player. Yeah, he he's really a, is. all
3: right. He's a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. When you draft a first-round talent, you expect him to to, to start off at least someone – listen, you're going to make a joke about Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore was the second-round – beginning, second-round draft pick. When he did play, he had five touchdowns, 541 yards. He was a first-round talent. That's what you want with these guys. The, uh, the, he didn't... He, that that, that third-round pick... By, by the way, 500 yards is what Alan Lazard had, and you said Alan Lazard... I, I I understand that, but he only played... Uh, what's his name? Like Elijah Moore only played like six, seven uh, full games this year.
0: Well, then stop being hurt.
4: <laughs> Stuck says... Uh, Aaron okay. Rodgers can't be happy because he's a huge jackass. Aaron Rodgers is the pretty girl. You have to tell every day how pretty she is. Pain in, the ass di- pain in the ass diva, but probably worth it. But a jackass who's really good at football. Green Bay was supposed to be the selling of more team stock. They should have plenty of cash. Well, they do play the Lions <laughs> twice. That's what I'm saying. The division's so weak, they still might win six games, but still, right, they're but, not a good team.
0: But do you see? Right, but do you see what I'm saying? They lost I'm against the Lions. Aaron sure. Rodgers fans, yeah. Aaron, Aaron fans are just filled with excuses, though, Steve. Okay, because if it's not backups. Excuse, they didn't have have Aaron yeah.
3: Rodgers, they lose. <laughs> that's a backup. They're playing a backup right. player. Yeah, but they but they, have, they're but still defensive they, starters that could play. They still could. They wouldn't the win if they, but they play but the line. you're missing
0: lose. the other half of it. You're going if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, they lose. Maybe that's entirely possible. But if, but if they also don't have Aaron Rodgers, they have fifty million dollars more of cap space because that they wouldn't be given Rodgers. And they have how many more draft picks would they have? Because it would be, he'd certainly get more than than Denver gave up for Russell Wilson.
3: Absolutely, but who are you going to draft this year that's going to play quarterback?
0: Anybody. Who cares? Who cares? I'll throw you in at quarterback, and if I draft three first-round wide receivers, it's probably going to work out.
4: (laughs) Don't worry, don't worry. It could be anyone in this draft except for EJ Perry. Oh, my God. How about yeah, this? How about like, this? Right. Have... We
0: don't need a first-round quarterback. We're taking E.J. Perry in the seventh, and he's Tom Brady.
3: How about unrestricted <laughs> free agent Tyler Harrison as the starting quarterback? What do you think? No, no, no. That's that's where the whole thing would go wrong. Could you imagine Tyler as the star quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? I can't
0: imagine, imagine Tyler even getting the jersey over his belly. <laughs>
4: Stegg also says, Aaron Rodgers does look like he smells. Take less money, money, win more Super Bowls. Sincerely, the GOAT. All hail the Brady GOAT. <laughs>
0: right, but this is, right, but that's the point I'm making, though, right? is because the Packers have their own first-round draft pick. Then they would also have the, the, the Broncos' first-round draft pick. I'm assuming Broncos, mm-hmm. okay. right? I'm just assuming sure. that that's – right. or any team's first-round Or round Tennessee pick. or something like that. Yeah, any of those teams. Right. And they would also have the second round. Like if if the, the package has to be more but similar to what Russell Wilson got. So you're looking at two firsts, two seconds for Russell Wilson, and then some players. So what are you looking at for Aaron Rodgers? Three firsts and three seconds? I'll dude. And then and then fifty million dollars more in cash space? Dude, I'll build you a
4: team, no problem. <laughs> I think the other thing, though, too, is the the team got better in a lot of other areas this year, too, that they were previously bad at. Like, their front seven was actually pretty good defensively this year. Run, run defense was good. Look at the 49ers game. Usually they always lost to the 49ers because he couldn't stop the run, whether it was Kaepernick, whether it was Raheem Mostert, whatever it was. This year they lost because of their special teams, not really because of their defense. They were able to stop the run. And Devondre Campbell, we'd have to bring him back, but he had a nice year. The inside interior defensive lineman had great years, all of those guys. And that, Wait, I thought, so- was their biggest weakness. Now it really is evident where the receivers are really the the only thing that they could go could go after. So mm-hmm. they probably should at least draft one with one of those picks now. But they had opportunities to at least try one, whether it was a second round pick, a, th- a first round pick in the last three drafts too.
0: Speedy, when Speedy, when you were growing up, yeah. did you know what the magic eight ball was? Yes, I did. <laughs> you know I had one. one. You know what the magic eight ball is? Yes, yes I did. I had one. Right. You, Do you know it. what the magic eight ball is for Aaron Rodgers fans? <laughs> when you shake it. And, and, and the little thing pops to the top to read the thing. All it is is just random excuses. Oh, uh, what is it this year? Oh, no wide receivers. Oh, what is it last year? No defense. Uh, what was the year before? Oh, no offensive line. Like that's all it is with Aaron Rodgers' things. Excuse after excuse after excuse. And what it comes down to is, if he wanted to win, he would have given back, dude, even give back some of the money, so they could sign Devontae Adams long term. Didn't even do that. Didn't yeah. even do it. Well, Fifty million a year.
3: Uh, all right, and, and okay. So they 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 franchise Devontae Adams. Nobody is going to pay Devontae Adams thirty million dollars. And if they do, right. they're they're setting themselves up right. for failure. Well, okay, well that's, that's what they're not, going to do. That's not
0: what he, that's not what he would get because I think the highest paid receiver is twenty one, twenty two. It's twenty two.
3: It's DeAndre and, Hopkins. And, and the rumor is that he wants to make thirty million, close to thirty million a year.
0: There's there's zero chance that he's getting a contract thirty three percent over what the next highest paid guy gets that's not how it works i'm just telling not you how what, works. i'm would, just i'm right, just telling right, you what he's he, saying great everyone in the world was telling me "Oh, the giants want three first round picks for odell beckham you know what they got all because it's, it's they're not going to get what they're asking for. anyone can ask for whatever they want i would like to see tyler harrison have a heart attack please 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 please. please, please. <laughs> right it's... not everyone's going to get what they want <laughs> not everyone's going to get what they want if it wants right? to see so,
4: if it wants to see ej Perry become a superstar quarterback <laughs>
0: Listen. You can ask for the way, whatever where is you want to ask then? for. You can ask for whatever it is that you want to ask for, but it's the actual getting of it that is the problem, isn't it?
4: The beef thinks the Cowboys will win three straight Super Bowls.
0: Oh, don't don't get me started. Don't get me started on the beef because I sent him a message earlier too on how retarded his Cowboys are. <laughs> yeah, are, dude, it's unbelievable. They signed, again, once again, they signed Dak Prescott to a, a retarded contract last year. What happened yesterday? Oh, they had to restructure his contract. <laughs> yes, because they so, could
4: Yes, because they decided to overpay Amari Cooper. Now they can't trade him, and now they might cut him. Who knows? <laughs>
0: <clears throat> right, but here's here's the problem with that. When when you sign the contract, the number is the number. When you restructure someone's contract, all you're doing is kicking the can down the road. Yeah. On, or putting in a signing cap.
4: bonus or something like that. Well, yeah.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, you can lower his cap number now, right. but that just means it's going to go exponentially higher yeah. later. Right. Right. Especially with the guaranteed
4: so, money, too. Yeah.
0: Right. So his so now his his dead cap number is going to go north of fifty million in two years. North of fifty million, dude. If you thought that Cowboys were in bad cap shape this year, well, wait two years. <laughs> Just wait two years. <laughs> and, and and this is why like, they're like, oh, we're going to win. No, dude. You have an old man with dementia as your owner negotiating contracts. He has no clue what he's doing.
4: Stokes says, so, I think Cowboys fans who work in – Deli should use the magic eight ball to explain the same shit for Dak Prescott. And as long as Zeke yeah. Sanders gets paid, that's all they need <laughs> yeah, for three Super Bowls.
0: That's what I'm gonna get for Errol for Christmas. The magic eight ball of Aaron Rodgers excuses. Why why a,
4: do I need a that? custom Green Bay Packers I'm edition?
3: A, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan.
0: Dude, all you do is, is make excuses for him. That's it's all not, you do. I'm not you making excuses. Him. No, no, you, I'm not. You do all the time. Why no, did Aaron Rodgers win this year? What did you say? Oh, because you didn't have any he didn't. he didn't. He didn't. Had
3: Devontae Adams, best receiver in football. Yeah, best receiver best receiver in football that was double and triple teamed in that game. Who wasn't even and open one time in that game. He had how many touches too, in that game?
0: Too bad, Two? so sad. Take take less money so you can bring other dudes in. How's
3: that? How about this? Draft wide receivers in the first round, something they haven't done in how long? Or okay. at least the second hey. round.
0: <laughs> hey, and, and, and here and here's the other reason why that's not an excuse anymore. He had the option to leave, and he chose to stay because he thinks he can win with those people. So I don't want to hear anymore that they're no good. He chose them. And what, what are you going to say when he
3: does win? What, what are you, you going to say that? It's
0: not yes. going to happen. But what are you going to told- say What do you say did- if he does win? He's not, and I'll tell you why he's why? Not. Here we go. He, no, no, no. This is the same reason why I was off the Buccaneers this year. Because all they did was bring back the same old team when everyone else is improving and you stay flat, left behind.
3: Hold on a second. Right? They're drafting. They're they're drafting. Maybe they draft a wide receiver. So
0: is every other team in the All league right. Quarters. So the, what are the Packers the only team? All
3: league? right. So they draft if they trade Devonte Adams another first round draft pick. They yeah, draft I'm trading Devonte Adams. Rogers and Adams are connected at the hip. Okay. So what are they going to do with Devonte Adams? They're going to franchise him for the next three years.
0: <laughs> they're going to franchise him this year and then try to work out a long term deal. Uh, how are they going to do the that with time, Aaron Rodgers making $15 million? Yeah, they're up against it. They're not really going to be able to do anything in free agency. They're really going to be up against it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're going to have trouble getting rid of the one-year contracts as well. A lot of the players that did well for the defense <laughs>
3: Draft way. a wide receiver in the first yeah, they, damn round.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah they might but they're also not improving. Every other team will be improving. They'll be
3: staying Hold on flat. one second. They add another wide receiver, a, a game-breaking wide receiver, they don't need to improve. They get themselves that other guy that can break out and
0: open up the field for, a, that's
3: you a, know, Devontae that's
0: assuming That's assuming the wide receiver that they draft, if they draft one, will come in and adjust just perfectly and thrive. Um, Dude, 98% of the time that doesn't happen. You're just assuming that it will.
3: Well, they're going to have to pick the right one that's going to fit the scheme. You know,
0: it's not that. It's not even that. Sometimes the players just don't get it, or just don't pick it up quick enough. Sometimes it takes a year or two.
4: Mm-hmm. Stuck. says Green Bay will trade Adams for Zeke Sanders, and and it's over a Super Bowl win, and it's going to be a Green Bay versus Texans Super Bowl. Yeah. What? Uh. What? What video game will that be on? Stuck.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Packers. Uh. They they'll win their division probably. Yeah. Sure. They're not going to be the first seed again. They'll be doing the playoffs on the road, maybe one home game, which might be better for them. All they do is lose at home in the playoffs.
3: I, s- I still think they're going to be the first seed in the NFC. Absolutely. <clears throat> Who's better than them in the NFC?
0: Rams. <laughs> the, the but Rams- the Rams have
4: a tough division, though, so it might be harder for them to get uh, seeding one. I think like the, the Rams Card- are better, but yeah, but the Cardinals. It, it- Okay, uh, those, maybe, maybe, because they got money to spend
0: too. Don't, don't don't forget, you gotta you gotta apply. Listen, Speedy, just don't say okay, maybe. You have to apply the same logic that Errol applies to the Packers, just drafting a receiver, and he's an automatic Hall of Famer. Apply that to every other team, because they're drafting too. Well, they're I know, I know. Teams, so, and
4: I think Arizona's a more well-rounded team, all, like all positions, than the Packers are. But in terms of, yeah, they, of they still have to draft. I oh, have to settle car- Hall card- card- of Famer. The Cardinals card-
0: are drafting That's a receiver, funny. and he's going to go for 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, and it's just going to click with the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to be you, drafting a receiver. You're an ass, I, They might. They might. You they really draft a lot. Of them. <laughs> no, see, you're only saying that I'm an ass because when you hear it out loud, you you realize how retarded it is. No, I think you're, you're – like, I, I, I do, no,
3: no, because you're bringing words into my mouth. I never said he's going to be a Hall of Fame player because he's no. going to draft a, a first-round wide receiver. What, they need another weapon. They don't have another weapon. Uh, how many times? You're double-teaming Devontae Adams. Who are you throwing what to? What
0: you. Lazar? Lazar? Give but me a what break. Could catch is, a ball in the end zone. Is, it's not a guarantee that he's gonna be any good. Okay. And so you draft gotta pick, draft pick picks are lottery tickets. Uh, all right. All right. So, so so pick the right one. So what if the Packers so what if the Packers draft a uh, dud, then they've just wasted a, a draft pick. Oh well. Oh well, you it's, gotta it's, give them something. Right. And then it's the same old team. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers chose to be there. He uh, thinks those listen, receivers are good Listen, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers
3: made all these other guys, these no-name wide receivers, pretty good players. Yeah, You, you draft a, you draft one of these wide receivers that you really like in the first round. There, there's a good chance one the kid's going to be decent, okay? And yeah, a, and it'll ing- open up listen, the field.
0: I I agree, but there's also a ch- – like you can't bank on it, though. Is what I'm, I'm saying. not banking on like, it. Oh, right, but you're just saying, oh, he's going to come in he's going to take them. What if he comes in and he's half-retarded or he gets hurt? It's, it's, or
4: if it's, it's yeah, or, or if he's Henry Ruggs and drives 150 miles
0: right. an hour. Alright, so you, you,
3: you bring you bring Tyler Harrison off the streets. I mean I think that well, would look,
0: be the good, <laughs> the, the good news on that front is you know like if, if someone were to drive 182 miles an hour in Green Bay, the worst thing you're bound to hit is a cow. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's the good news. <laughs> oh,
4: so the, the well, so once the cow gets hit, there'll be uh, only a uh, uh, two hundred two hundred thousand more cows than people in Wisconsin.
0: <laughs> right, but that's what I'm saying. You can't just bank on the fact that they're going to come in and be impact players. So he's choosing the wide receiver core that he has that he knows: Randall Cobb, Lazard. Uh... Still don't know what they're going to do with tight end because Tanyan's a free agent. Yeah. And listen, they don't even have any money for Tanyan anymore. They drafted a the
4: kid, DeGara, in the third round or something like that two yeah, years Josiah ago. From yeah.
0: Cincinnati. yeah, he's not, I mean, he's not bad. He's not bad. Are, yeah, but he, he's not all that great either. And no, Mercedes he's kind of, kind of one of those weird hybrid types that I still haven't yeah, really and fit. Mercedes, and Mercedes Lewis is a bum.
4: Right. He's <laughs> what, 38 that. years old now? Yeah. Not gonna trust him anymore. Right. Right. So
0: in bum. taking that money, he knew that he wasn't going to be able to get a tight end.
4: See you uh, later. So it says Rams, Cardinals and 49ers. Maybe as... McBride falls to the second round. You get McBride. He probably will fall the second round. I don't I can't see him being. Maybe a... you get him in a second I round. I can't see him being an early second round pick unless it's like a team that really needs just a tight end away type thing. Who's that? Trey McBride we're talking about. He'll probably be more of a He's... really I like him. I like him. I think he'll fit. I I don't think wow. he'll be a second round pick, but I, I but he'll, I think he, I can see him
0: being a good hybrid type player.
4: Yeah, I mean, the, I
0: mean, ever why is everyone talking about him? Why is no one mentioning Jalen Jalen Weidemeyer? I like Weidemeyer, too. I like them both. Or Charlie mhm
3: I know you like Charlie Kolar because <laughs> you posted that up.
0: Right. Why not Charlie Kolar? Well, what's a uh, – uh, uh, uh. People drive me
4: nuts. <laughs> Stuck says Rams, Cardinals, 49ers as other NFC playoff threats. Yes, absolutely. If the Jets drop them, then yes, automatic Hall of
3: Famer. Just shut up. Aaron, Rogers, a
4: and Aaron Rodgers could draft Speedy in the first round. And they and if they boom, they win. It's Rodgers. They lose it.
3: I, I, think, Aaron, I think Aaron Rodgers would make Tyler Harrison into a star. I really do. <laughs> I might be pushing it. I don't know if he can run any routes, but, you know, you play Nothing some – Nothing could make that kid a star. <laughs>
0: that kid's not a star. He's a black hole.
4: <laughs> well, don't, don't, don't worry. Tyler will deliberately – if Tyler would ever get drafted by the Packers, he would deliberately uh, – <laughs> Tanker or half ass player, like you thought, like he thought Aaron Rodgers was going to do at the beginning of the season. He'll, where they lost the Saints.
3: He'll become an Aaron Rodgers fan. What are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers I, I don't know about that. I think he would. I don't know about
0: that. He'd become starstruck.
3: He'd be like, the Oh my god. The only way
0: any NFL team would take on Tyler Harrison is if all their kicking nets were broken and a kicker needed something to kick into, they could just. Or Odell,
4: or Odell. Actually, Tyler would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler would love that. He, he, he would sign with wherever Odell is, and then uh, once Odell yeah. punches the kicking dad, he'll, he'll be happy to get hit by it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, the only interest an NFL team has is handing him a yellow jacket and saying, "You're fat. Block the aisle." <laughs>
4: <laughs> Don't worry, they got plenty of cheese curds
0: in that stadium. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, paint them orange and make them a traffic cone out front. (laughs) That's pretty funny.
3: (laughs) Poor kid.
0: (laughs) I will say that empty chair looks good and has been more productive tonight than he was the entire time he was there. <laughs> Is that just a ghost? <laughs> I, I, mean, I think that you should get a mannequin and put it in the chair and just every once in a while ask it questions. Oh, okay.
4: All right. Could you imagine actually speaking to us? <laughs> Don't worry. If I was a friend in a department store, I'm sure you could cut us a deal. <laughs> Probably could. Yeah.
0: Oh, you, can, you can name it. You can name it Skylar Flabison. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I like that, name. Skylar Flaverson.
4: <laughs> oh, we did, we did it. We we'll, have we'll update the background. Speedy P D and T- Skylar Flaverson. <laughs> there you go.
3: Oh my god. I don't know, man. Tyler is in his own little world half the time. So I... <laughs> that is pretty funny. You pay. You dress him up as a cone. That's <laughs> poor kid. <laughs> Don't leave it up to Jeff to pick him his new job, I'll tell you that right now.
4: Oh no, he'll put he'll yeah. put him in the beef's deli and then uh Are you kidding me? Then uh grind him grind him in the beef to work until the they, beef like, will put him to like, work hyperventilate. Man.
3: I don't think they would last a day. Him and, and no, the I Tyler.
0: Know.
4: That's
3: what Jeff, and was Tyler. Jeff was saying that one want, time.
0: Who who would want Tyler working with food? What is he gonna do? Sweat into the container as he scoops coleslaw into it? Like, get out of here, bro. No one wants that. <laughs>
3: I couldn't imagine them two working together. It wouldn't it, uh, Oh no, oh no, they'd hate each
0: other. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Beef yeah, boss and a Dumber 3.
3: 3. 3. Yeah. Them, them two are actually pretty funny when you go out to
0: dinner. When with them. Harry stab Lloyd, that, that's, gonna, <laughs> that's, gonna, that's, gonna, that's the title. Dumb and Dumber Three with Harry stabs Lloyd.
4: Except I can't picture who's either. Harry and who's Lloyd. Now I, the other thing though is I can't picture either one of them in those suits, though. <laughs>
3: who's Harry and who's Lloyd? I, I want to know this.
4: It doesn't
0: matter. They're both a retard. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. So I don't want to hear any more Aaron Rodgers excuses out of you because you make them all the time. I'm not no making an excuse. Excuses. I'm not what making you gonna an excuse. Say, what are you going to say when he flops again? I,
3: I listen. I, I I still think they have a good chance this year coming up. Best, best
0: quarterback in the best quarterback in the league, according to you, and he flops in the playoffs for the last twelve years. That doesn't mean Complete that he's not flop. the best quarterback in the league. You and listen. He can be the most talented, or have the most arm talent, or whatever. He's not the best quarterback. There, the best quarterback is the one that wins.
3: Yeah, and and again, and it winning. takes a team to win, man. It, it takes a team to win. It's not one player that wins a game.
0: Yeah, obviously it's a team game. There's a lot of... you You got to have guys blocking and stuff. But this is the team he chose. He wanted Randall Cobb to come in. That's what he got last year. Still flopped. Still flopped. He's had plenty of opportunities with plenty of good players. And what is, gonna, what is he going to come for the last 12 years he hasn't had a good wide receiver?
3: Indianapolis is a playoff team. What do they do in the offseason to get a quarterback? What do you think?
0: Uh... Uh, who knows? I, I don't like the move at all. You you gave your quarterback to Washington so you could become Washington and be desperate for a quarterback.
3: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they have a good running game. They could bring in an efficient quarterback. Maybe you bring in a Mitchell Chabitsky that Frank Wright can actually fix. I think Frank Wright. Frank Wright is a good coach, and I think he could fix a, a guy like Mitch.
0: I mean, yeah, maybe he could. I don't. You know. Uh, just throwing another name out there because I I think he's also a free agent. I think Jameis Winston
3: maybe Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota. Uh
0: <laughs>
4: Yeah, Mariota's, Mariotas efficient. I could okay. I could definitely see that kind of thing working. Mariota's right. under
0: contract though. That's got to be a trade. That can't just be. A yeah,
4: sign. right. Who's he under? Who, who's he under contract with? The Raiders. The Raiders, the Raiders right now. Yeah. Uh, He's they brought him in as an insurance policy. Maybe they they hurts. they
3: somehow because you you said that you know the Las Vegas Raiders might be interested in Tom Brady. Maybe Derek never Carr. said that. Well, you said that uh, he's plenty He's throwing the ball. That there's, you know,
0: th- never th- said that. You never said that. Nope, never said it. You're a liar. <laughs>
3: never said it. You never said it. I, I, I don't think Derek Carr I, – I really don't think Derek Carr is going to be with mcdaniels
0: issue. I think he he trades him. Yeah, but, 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 again, this is the problem because there's so few quarterbacks and the draft is no. so terrible. No. If you're moving on from Carr, who, by the way, was better than Wentz. Yes. He yes. played better than Wentz. Yes. Right? So why would you want to be moving on from him to, to be the commanders and be desperate for a quarterback? Well, because
3: maybe oh, maybe you think that you can get a lot back for him. And maybe you move on from him because of that. Now, listen, I don't know what McDaniels is doing or his plans or his thoughts to Derek Carr, but we do know that over the last couple of years – uh a lot of people have said that uh, the Ra- Vegas Raiders did not want him there. I mean, John Gruden, now this is a different coach.
4: Right. Maybe Josh McDaniels doesn't want him there either. The John Gruden-Derek Carr rumors were rumors since Gruden got there, and nothing happened with it. So, No,
3: because there was nobody at the time. There was no good quarterbacks available in free agents. Sure, that's fair. Yeah, it's also not as now bad. Yeah. This, could you imagine if John Gruden was still the, Va- <clears throat> the Vegas Raiders coach? You don't think... Being that the offseason, all these quarterbacks available, you don't think Derek Carr gets traded in this this offseason?
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 I can't see it at all. I, I can't even think that it would even be a possibility. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> no, no, I'm being no, I'm being honest. Really? This is listen, Yeah, no, I'm being dead serious. Here's the scenario: This is Josh McDaniels' second and probably last shot at being a head coach. Mm-hmm. You cannot screw that up by throwing away a quarterback and going with an unknown. Mm -hmm. He needs to get off to a good start if he's going to have a career as a head coach. Mm -hmm. You can't just throw your quarterback in the garbage bin. Stark
4: says the Sultan of Coleslaw versus the King of (laughs) Colcats. Get one of those sex dolls. It might be more fun than you think during breaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheese curds is where it's at. All hail the Brady goat. slapping
0: each other into the face with deli hot dogs. <laughs>
4: All hail the Brady goat. <laughs> uh, they trade for Ryan Tannehill. No, that, that'd be worse. His contract's oh. terrible. And his commander's the worst team name in football. <laughs> it's pretty awful. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't love it, but it's.
3: I don't think it's the worst Tor- team Deshaun Watson to Tennessee. That would be a great move for Tennessee. He's going nowhere. I know he's not. I know he's not because of this whole court case, which I think is ridiculous. But uh, you you think he misses another full season
0: this year? I'm not sure he ever plays in the league again. Really? Wow. Oh. Listen, let's be honest here. Here's the scenario, right? We've seen it with Ray Rice. We've seen it with other people. We've seen it with whatever. If, and I'm just going on the if, because they're presenting evidence to a grand jury to see if they're going to indict him. If... He's going on trial for sexually assaulting up to 50 women. Go ahead and see what team wants to sign him a rapist to your team. Go ahead and see. Mm.
3: It's just a shame what's going on with him, man. It, it, it's a shame because I don't know if this is all true. You, you believe he raped 50 girls?
0: Um, no comment. Okay. <laughs> I figured you weren't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going there, but I'm just saying – they're presenting evidence, this is the thing, it's sexual assault and, and, you know, that sort of stuff. What kind of PR nightmare do you think you're trying to sign up for, or would even be allowed back in the league? He gets these charges, first of all, he only just played like like, he, he, he just sat, he wasn't on the commissioner's exempt list or anything like that. These charges come down, he's hitting the commissioner's exempt list, you're gone for this season. Mm-hmm. Then he gets found guilty, what's the prison sentence?
3: Well, I, I, I don't think it's a criminal – I don't think this is going to be criminal.
0: It is. That's what they're doing on Friday. The civil cases have already been going forward. It's the criminal case that they're looking to indict him on on Friday. And if it's criminal charges and it's prison time, how do you think he's going to play well, you're
3: right, but I don't think he's going to be. I, I I don't think it's going to turn into. Listen, criminal. that
0: remains to be seen. Right, remains to be seen. I'm not leaning one way or the other on any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you, someone gets indicted for sexual assault, you can damn well bet he's not playing next season. Right?
3: Yes, if 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 he gets indicted mm. for a criminal case, he doesn't play next year.
0: Right, which means no one's trading for him, right. and he's going nowhere. But what happens if right. he
3: doesn't? What happens if he doesn't get indicted?
0: Well, yeah. then, then yeah, then he's got a shot to play. Mm-hmm. But again, PR nightmare now, because the civil cases will still be out there.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, because here's the other thing that's happening. On Friday, Deshaun Watson is also going to be giving a deposition in the civil case. Mm-hmm. And his lawyer is going to tell him to plead the fifth, because... He doesn't want anything that he says in that deposition to be used against him criminally. Mm -hmm. Not a great look.
5: Snug
4: Snug says, Watson better play again. He's about to owe a lot of chicks a lot of money. A rumor's a rumor that doesn't die. He's been out for a season and the shit keeps swirling around him. He's damaged goods on any level. Hmm. I don't know. Again, we'll have to see how he comes back again. I was talking about this at the beginning of the show, how... Rust versus rest, in terms of yes, he's healthier now with the injuries, the major injuries he suffered, but how much in football shape is he for this year, kind of thing, too, so is going to be the thing that factors into whatever team ends up training for him. And also, these other quarterbacks that are being dangled the veteran quarterbacks, and obviously, the Rodgers and Wilson chips are now falling. So now we see kind of see the values of these other guys and Wentz as well, now too, with the two third round picks. These other quarterbacks could fall under that, depending on their cap hit, too. So I think those teams are going to go after those first, and then Deshaun Watson might be a little later on in the process what happens right, to amari who, cooper who cares i, I mean amari <laughs> you say who cares
0: but uh he's still a good player i have to go some. go to the packers they need a game-breaking wide receiver let's get them they him to can't the pay, pay they can't afford it. they him. can't pay oh why is that how did that happen
4: <laughs> they were, they couldn't pay him even with their new contract about, they, they were 11 million under the cap they had to restructure a bunch of other contracts how about new england
0: they don't have the, cap they space. have the cap space. They don't have the cap space. They're only, they're only at like 12 or 13 million. And by the way, every team that has cap space, keep this in mind too. Every time you're like, oh, we have cap space, great. You also, with that money, have to sign all of your draft picks. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. if they have 13 million in cap space, the Patriots really have six.
4: Mm. Yeah. Also, also a lot of the teams that are going after him are going to be limited to that. Uh, no, Mari Cooper's not going to the Patriots. It'll probably be it's uh, looking like Miami or Jacksonville are the two favorites the right Bengals, now.
3: The Bengals. Uh... The Bengals
4: don't really need a receiver, though, so I, I think they would spend their money in other areas.
3: No, they got to pay their safety. That's for sure.
4: They already franchise tagged him, so we'll see if they give him a long term deal by that deadline. I think it's the eighteenth for the for the long term deals, and then the rest of it's going to be spent on probably O line and secondary, really, because they don't really need much else. But same same O-line, division, they same same division too to watch as the Ravens and the Browns too. Though those teams are definitely use a the they wider clean up, up like that, that offensive
3: line, they'll they'll be a contender again. Oh yeah, year. for sure. Yes, because as you heard from our special guest Neil uh, Farrell, he, he's. He pretty much told you Joe Burrow is the real deal. Oh, yeah. He, he pretty much said it. So And he played with him uh, when they went undefeated and they won a
4: national championship. Jeff, did you hear I mentioned your, uh, your, your comment about uh, Ed Orgeron being the voice of Siri? I mentioned that to Neil. He was laughing. He should be.
0: Yeah. He should be. <laughs> he loves that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course he does. It's the, it's the biggest no-brainer of all time. <laughs> I guarantee you he's calling Tim Cook of Apple right now and going, get me Ed O.
4: <laughs> Believe me, I would approve. I, I, I will never do it, but I'll. I'll, I'll oh, that
3: approve. voice is horrible, man! <clears throat> that voice is horrible. If I heard that every single night before I went to bed, I'd have a heart attack.
4: Jeff, maybe we'll
0: build right. it into First the. All, uh, what is it? We'll right, build it people, into the Magic is, Eight Ball. This is this is the problem with New Yorkers and never leaving that stupid island that you guys live on. There are other places in the country where they sound like they sound like that in Louisiana. That's what they Have you ever heard these Cajun people speak they sound like that? That's a, that's a whole region of the country that sounds like that. They sound and, like that? He was, well, I want to move yes, there they then. Do. <laughs> great. Maybe they don't want to move near you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think it's a great idea. Ed O is Siri. That's what. That's the voice. Ed O, <laughs> Ed o.
3: Just, We'll just call it Edo. Right. We'll call it Edo. Right? That's,
0: that's what. That's what I'm saying though. If they can, if if Siri can always uh, can also be a British voice, they should also have an Ed Ozer. Oh, Apple. That's way
3: better than a, that's way better than a British Apple's, voice. Apple. Apple presents Ed O.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe
4: we'll build it into the Magic Eight Ball. <laughs>
0: No, no, no! Magic eight balls only for Errol and his Aaron Rodgers excuses. Shut up with oh, the no, Aaron
4: Rodgers! Yeah, it, whatever you end, whatever he ends up with, it can also voice activate with the voice of "No," and they can read
3: it out. So, did you, Jeff? Yeah. Did you hear that uh, baseball? It, they agreed uh, with the shift to eliminate the shift. Which, thank God,
0: I, th- I think that's, that's gr- terrible. It's actually terrible. I think it's great. I don't like it either. <laughs> no, it's, it's dumb. You're. They're actually ruining the game of baseball. I, How's that? I dis- I disagree. They're, yeah, they're ca- they're catering to the weak. If you're a person that likes catering to the weak and pandering to the lowest common denominator, then you'll love eliminating the shift because you're a retard. Um, well, well, hey, well, hey, what's next? I can't hit a curveball, so you can only throw me fastballs. Because if you position your the other
3: position your players in the right position, you don't need to shift. No, it's
0: base- it's baseball. You can be, be, all it says is nine guys in the field. Put them now, all it says
4: is nine guys, and you have to put them in fair territory. Those are really the only rules. And also, it's not all just overshifts anymore. It's also <laughs> outfield alignments, infield alignments. That are I like different. it. I like right. it. So I don't think it's that's just right. one overshift anymore, now, like it, now, like the now, David Ortiz days and stuff like that. Now, when we
0: play foot, now when we play football, you have to tell the defense whether you're throwing or running the ball. <laughs> that's what you have to do now.
3: That has nothing to do with the shift, Jeff.
0: That's it, that's exactly what it is. Mm. That's exactly what it is. It first of all. Players need to be well-rounded. And if you can't hit the ball the other way, that's not my problem. That's the game of baseball. You exploit the other player's weakness.
4: That's That's what what I was saying, too, is a lot of it is player development, too. The way they're taught now in the minor leagues is – because of the analytics, a little bit, but also with the coaching too, they're taught to pull the ball more with launching. Listen, angles, stuff obviously, like that all the players
3: want this, so they're complaining right, about it. They they're don't they're like
0: bab- it, right? Because they're babies and they're like, "You're keeping me from the Hall of Fame because I can only hit it one way."
4: Well, they'll probably won't make the Hall of Fame anyway because the baseball writers are stubborn as hell. But <laughs>
0: right, but that's so. right, but that's, that's what it's going to come down to eventually. We're only gonna you're only gonna get guys that hit sixty home runs a year in. In, uh, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the each rose of the world have no place anymore. The Pete Roses go home. You know, the, the Ted Williams, sorry. We don't like guys that can hit. Unless you hit 60 home runs, you can't get in.
4: Yeah, I forget who was commenting on it. I saw a comment on Facebook. Uh, some Somebody said, why are they banning the shift? Because uh, Ted Williams hit 406 and they shifted back then too. So it shouldn't be a problem or something All like right, that. Obviously, nobody's going to hit 400 again. It doesn't seem likely, but still, I... I Shifts are very well rounded now with the don't analytics like available. Don't like it. But again, you—if ha- if analytics you can cater to pitchers and hitters, you should be able to
0: cater it to defense too. Okay. All right. So hold on. All right. So you. So that's how we're judging things now. I don't like it. Okay. Well, I don't like curveballs. Just throw fastballs. Now.
3: Okay. Well, they're, they're going to have to figure out a rule for that, but. Uh... As of right yeah, now, I think the, the game is— Do you
0: see how ridiculous that sounds? No, no do you it, see how ridiculous it, is? it really oh, isn't. We can't hit a curveball, so we have to throw you what you can do. That's wow. what we have to do. We have to why should you have,
3: Why should you be allowed to put four guys at the first baseline? Because that's because where I'm the pulling rules
0: the ball. Say, because the rules say all you need to do is be in fair territory. That's, yeah, it. Well, that's right,
3: great, right, but right, right. that's not the game. That's not the way the game was played when we were kids. No, it isn't.
0: Of course it is. All right, so Of course it is. When Just because other people weren't smart enough to go, hey, he's all hitting it here, let's all move over there. Right? Just because they didn't do that doesn't mean that it's not a good strategy uh,
3: It was a strata- it was strategized. Hey, it was brought back into the game by Joe Madden. Hey, it was that, been around right. it's been around for a long time but Joe Madden really brought it back into the game and it's ruined the game.
0: It has ruined the game right. So so we don't like it that Derek Henry faces nine guys in the box every time. We want him to be able to run more So only three with only three people could be on the line of scrimmage from now on with Derek Henry That's different Jeff. No, it's not. It's making rules that are retarded.
3: It's making rules. and ruining the game. The game. you I don't like how the fact that you could have four guys on the right side of the field because that's where he pulls the ball. And, how, about, yeah.
0: how about getting a coach that'll teach your players to hit the other way? Oh, no. There's no one standing over there. It's a free hit. Go ahead. And I'll, take
4: I'll, it. I'll give the football analogy to help to help Jeff's case. Jeff is. Uh, I don't re- care what you're giving and because the kind
3: of case you're giving
4: because it is formation based kind of thing too. Baseball in defense defense is defense. It's basically a line to stop something. It's a line to stop a location on the field. A, home a runner, third baseman whatever. is
3: supposed to play at third base. The second baseman is
4: supposed to play at second base. The shortstop
0: is
3: supposed to play at shortstop. Right, so, right, okay? so me, so That's me, the so whole point just, of it.
0: So let me just ask you like, just a, uh, just a quirky question. Mm-hmm. So the pitcher has the ball. He winds up, and as he's throwing, mm-hmm. the shortstop standing on the right side of the base runs over to the left side. Is that legal now? What do you he, mean? Running through it lift? when he threw it, he was technically at shortstop, and he just moved after the pitch was thrown.
3: He he's allowed to do that.
4: But you you were allowed to so do that they, with so the shifts not, too, though. So he's allowed to do eliminating
0: that. Eliminating the shifts, then, so you're not eliminating. Well, the yeah, shift. you were
4: allowed to do that with shifts, though, too. There were players moved last second. They even moved like pitch by pitch, too, a lot of the time.
3: Then so. you're not but you're not. You're not. You, you're. You, yes, because your set. Your feet is set until the pitch is gone. The, the pitcher throws the ball. Yeah,
0: he can get a running head start from third, and the pitcher can wind up halfway when he's between third and, and second, and he can just keep running over to second when he throws the ball. Jeff, the you're fact is, you not going to eliminate it.
4: But again, the, the, that would be also the same thing, too. Any kind of formation, any kind of alignment, that would be the equivalent. Let's say a football of, oh, you can't do an overload blitz. You can't have two rushers from the same side. You can't align it like that. There's only certain things with the offensive formations of football that are illegal. Like you have to have five guys, uh, six guys on the line of scrimmage uh, with the illegal formations. And you can't have a legal motion. But that's, that has nothing to do with the actual formation. It, that could be in any so formation.
0: What, so what are they doing now? Are they just putting a chalk line now down the, directly down the middle of the field and the shortstop or second baseman, can't cross the Line is that what we're doing? No,
3: I don't think they're doing that. I think there's, there's, uh, I think before the pitch is is, is delivered, you got to be at your position. You got to be standing at the shortstop position.
0: And what if they're not?
3: What's the penalty? I, I don't, I shit? don't know, but uh, I'm sure they'll have something. It'll call call the
0: ball or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? I- I mean, what ridiculousness you can't teach. But we got a whole league of coaches that can't figure out how to get their players any better or to hit it the other way. So now you got to make a rule. The whole thing has just become the Baltimore Ravens whining about the Patriots all over again. That's what we do. If we don't like something, we just cry about it until it changes.
3: Well, it's not just, it's not just the players, the owners have agreed to it. So Obviously, of
0: course, the owners agree because they just want asses and seats, they don't care about anything other than dollars.
4: Snuck says, I don't like getting rid of the shift, it's just a natural part of the evolution of the game. Getting rid of the shift eliminates advantages of the defense gained throughout the data. That's what I was saying. If you can use analytics for defense, you could use it for or for oh, well, pitching, you could use it oh, for. Oh, well, the game but, is not but, all right, about but,
3: analytics,
0: right? But right, a lot but, of but, it
3: yeah, is, yeah, and I ruined the game. You a lot of it what? is, it's ruined the game.
0: Do, do you want to ruin wanna, the like, game, Mr. Analytic you, Boy? Do do you want an organic way to eliminate the shift, like a, a real easy way to eliminate shifts? Like it's and you wouldn't have to change any rules. Hit the ball the other fucking way. Mm-hmm. They'll have to guard it. Yeah.
3: Well, guess what? It's it's not as easy as it sounds, Jeff. When the balls coming in 100 miles per hour.
0: I know because Wade Boggs, Ichiro, Tony Gwynn—they right. had trouble. There and they were different
3: hitters, and the game was different then. The game was different. There wasn't really a shift in that time. Nobody was shifting.
0: But we still, but we still have players like that. You're not going to sit there and yeah, tell who? It like, who? How many players um, is it like that? Uh, there's a, no, no, no. There's plenty of players that don't just have home run power. They can be that okay. kind of player. Okay, and, right? a,
3: and and why? Why is it even with Freeman, who's a great hitter, they shift? for Freeman. They shifted because right. they know where because he hits the ball
0: because that's his weakness. Cause that's all he can do. Take advantage of people's weaknesses. That's what the game. What's what, that's what sports are about. And now you're going to say, I can't, the game was never about weakness? analytics. It was the, it about, was the, how about this? The game no was fun. Pitchers. No more pitchers. Oh, We're God. going to put it on a fucking tee and see how far they can hit it every the time they're up. <laughs> the That's game
3: no was fun, man. The game was fun. Now you, you, you're you playing the analytics. The analytics don't make the game more better, okay? It ruins the game. Who cares
0: talking about, with the right, war
3: so... and all this crap that they're bringing into the game? Who cares? Right.
0: So let's just put it on a tee. No curveballs. Let's just put it on a tee. Let's see who can hit it the furthest. And then curveballs have with. been
3: around for forever, Jeff. For and I mean. so has shifting. Uh, really? because
0: because yes. it hasn't did really just,
3: yes, yes. Ted just, Williams just, yes did... I know when he was shifting Ted Williams but it wasn't as big as it is now today every time every player they're shifting the ball analytic you know, this analytic right, that no, who the you, hell cares do, about analytics
0: you know, right but do you know why do you know why that is though seriously because the game has changed where all we care about is home runs and that's not baseball just home runs We've basically eliminated the bunt because all we care about is home runs. How about we actually go back to playing baseball with their strategy? All right. Major Major League Baseball.
4: So take away the analytics. Maybe they will. They're not going to because there's too much data available now.
0: Really? Too much
4: much
3: data. They're taking away the shifts. So where's the data coming from?
4: They're still going to get it for hitting and pitching. huh?
3: Huh? Still... I mean, analytics. Uh, your, your whole shift is going to hurt the analytics. If they take away the shift, it's not going to. It's not going to be all about analytics anymore. It's going to be back to what it should be. This stupid analytic crap. Oh, hits the ball more to the right side. So let's shift all our players to the right side. Well, it's still going to be spray boring. charts no matter what. The game's boring. Make the game more
4: fun. You want more offense in the game? This is the way to go. Well, here's here's the counter argument to that. Now, Jeff was mentioning baseball wants to get fans in the seats. You know what? Baseball fans complain about most pace of play. What hurts pace of play? Strikeouts and those long at-bats, too. Mm -hmm. Which has nothing to do with the defensive alignment. How about this? That's right. How
3: about this? I guarantee you there'll be less strikeouts this year, eliminating the shift. Than it was last year. How much you want to no bet chance. about that? No okay. chance. You want to bet?
0: No What Because no, because they're still trying to hit it to the moon, and people are still. Doesn't matter. In the, the,
3: the, doesn't matter because now you see the field. You see the field differently. They're not going to worry about trying to pull the ball one way because they can't get it over there. So I will bet any one of you guys that eliminating the shift, there'll be less strikeouts in the league.
4: Stark says, I, I, don't, I don't like beer, only serve milkshakes at the game. You can put that to the bank. The game evolves. 20 years ago, they didn't have pitching by committee games. You only have to make contact the other way, <laughs> teach guys to quit striking out 200 times a year. What if the center fielder moves up to cover the center? Of they the strike it. First, to... of
3: all, for, for, first of all, and I'm going to go back to this. They strike out a lot because they're trying to hold the ball the other way. That's why, um, because these stupid shifts. So now, when you eliminate it, no
0: idea what you're talking okay. about. Okay, trying to pull. They're trying to pull the ball the other way. Yes, if if
3: they're if you know they're hitting the ball to the right a side.
0: Pull, they, a pull. pull is not the other way.
3: Whatever, Jeff. They're trying to hit the ball the other way. Does that bet? Is that better for you?
0: Is that does that sound better for you? Okay. It's actually, it's actually proper now. Now you good. actually almost good. sound like you're talking good. about something. Real well, right.
3: that's good. It's it's when you're when you're putting a guy, you're putting guys, you're putting four guys or three guys on the right side of the field because oh, he hits the ball more. You know, more that more more, uh, you know, five out of the seven times that he's out the bat, he's hitting it over there. It, it ruins the game. It doesn't make the game better. I don't want to hear about the analytics. If, if you're a third baseman, let them play third base. If you're a shortstop, let them play shortstop, second, first. Let them play their positions Great. and let right. them hit Great. the then ball. I'm gonna,
0: right, then I'm just going to write down for those players, all I'm going to do is write down infielder. And they just play the infield. Wherever I want them on the infield, they play the infield. No more third base or shortstop or second base, just infield.
4: The other thing too is what's the difference between a shift and also bringing the infield in or the outfield in a late game situation. So it's the same kind
0: of thing. Oh, we can Yeah, we can't do that anymore because you, you know, we we can't. We, we got to cater to whatever the hitter wants now. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to do. We have to go before every at bat, the player has to whisper into the umpire's ear what he wants to have happen. They're probably going they to go where they They're
3: can. probably going to say that what whatever position you play, you can't move away you can't move out of a certain area uh, when it comes to you know the position that you play, and that's the, that's the facts. And I I think that's a smart move by the major leagues. I think that's a, the players union. I I think it's I think it's a smart move, and it'll open up the game. They want to see more offense. It will it will bring in more offense and it'll bring in less I strikeouts. I think
0: I think it's I think it's dumb though. Like think just think about this. You're, you're only looking at it from the offensive perspective, which is fair. I get it. You're, that, but that's what you're doing. Now, just imagine the Yankees are down a run in the World Series, mm-hmm. and the other team has bases loaded, and you know this guy's a pull hitter, but yet you can't do nothing to prevent it. You can't, you can't align your defense the way you want to prevent more runs.
3: Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Okay.
0: Right? And now your team's going to start losing games because of it. You're going to go, this stinks.
3: Probably. But guess what? That's the way the game is. But that's the way the game should be played.
0: I mean, that's the way you think the game should be played. That's not realistically the way it should be played. Well, if Everyone's... it's
3: not going to be realistic, why are they trying to implica- implement it into the game?
0: Because because these players are soft. They're soft. Maybe. Oh no! Oh no! I don't want to work any harder to try to get better. You know what I want? I want you to cater to me because I'm weak.
4: Snuck says, the game keeps changing. Embrace the change. It doesn't mean you'll like every change, but it's natural. Should they stick with those goofy little First gloves? of all, every
3: single tra- change that they've changed the game, they're trying to take it out. That, that whole, you know, extra innings, putting the guy at second base, they're taking that out. Uh, that's gone. The only thing they're going to change that people are going to
4: agree to is the DH in the National League. And p- possibly an extra playoff team, so...
0: Well no, that's way, just I, for money.
4: Okay. That's By just the way, for money. Not for nothing, yeah,
0: I do like I do like the fact that they had a guy at second base to start extra innings. Oh I really? Think. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, I, I look at it like this, okay? It's only for the regular season, right? In hockey, they go to three on three in the overtime and if after five minutes no one scores, they go to a shootout. And it's only for, <laughs> yep, but it's it's only for the regular season. In the postseason, when it matters, we play baseball. All the way through, Jeff. Because I, I don't want to be there for twenty. So, years. Je-
3: Je- uh, that's fine, Jeff. That one game could get you into the playoffs. If you lose that game, and you're putting a guy at second base, that benefits what the home team better than the ho- it benefits the away team. I'm sorry, they, they, no, they no, it doesn't benefit
0: either team because both I think teams it, get to do it. Yes, no, both.
3: But, te- I, I yes, but the away team gets last slicks, and if you, it, I, I think it uh, benefits they, they the away team. The
0: home team gets last. At bat, that, that's but, that's okay. what. I, that's
3: what. That's what I meant. The home team gets last slicks, and it benefits a home team, okay. Right, so but,
0: right, but guess what? You have just as many home games as you do away games in the season. Play better at home if you don't like it. Well, guess what?
3: In, 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 in thought of that, I think it ruins the game because it, it doesn't help the game. And if you're if if you're going to have to do that, it, there's a good chance you could lose that game, and it, that could affect your playoff position. And and I, and it did for the Yankees. The Yankees with the you know the extra innings last year, and they're a good. At, they're a good extra innings team, year in and year out. When this this thing was implicated into the game, it affected them. Last year, I think they went to how many extra inning games? I think it was sixteen or seventeen extra inning games last year. They lost, I think, like twelve of them or thirteen of them because that extra the the this the extra team with extra player on second but see,
0: base. But see, there we have it, right? So I'm just saying the it. Yankees.
3: No, no, no. I'm but, just saying no, the Yankees because I, I, I know no, the. But Yankees.
0: I think this is, right. But I, I but I think this is worth pointing out. You're just looking at it through a Yankees lens. What if your team wasn't just filled with steroided out dudes that pull the ball, right? What if, what if you were like Seattle and your team's predicated on defense and now I'm taking away defense. Now you're making me play with one hand tied behind my back. That's not exactly fair. Jeff, the game was fair. The way
3: the game was played in the nineties and there was barely uh, ever.
0: Right. And now we're, first of all, And nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. It's the same rules as it was in the 90s. No, it isn't. They they, they
3: brought all these these, these analytics. uh, Those aren't rules, though. You could always... I know they're not rules, you idiots. Shut. Shut up, you.
0: Go ahead. Right. No, but they could. They could always shift. The rules haven't changed. Now we're now we're changing the game. Now only, we have to make the rules. Well, right. As
3: soon as Joe Madden brought it in, and they they brought it into the analytic world, it, it, now everybody is doing it, and it, I think it ruins the game. It doesn't
4: make See, the game better.
0: So let's blame Joe Madden because he was ahead of the curve. Um, the, I, and whatever. small
4: market teams have to do that kind of thing to get their get an edge. He had to do that with right. the Rays.
0: That's a, right. That's exactly it. So now you're punishing small market teams even worse. Right. And you you, you mentioned Seattle you too as another. Other
4: one now that right. they're trying to get their image back and they had a nice season this year. The athletics have been doing with the money ball all the time that they had it. So that's going to be teams use that to their advantage, too. And it also it'll help other pitchers too cater to what they do, too, because the pitchers are the other part of making the shift work. They have to pitch into it to make it work with the different alignments that could be and also all the pitches that are available.
3: It will open up right. the game. It will give more offense. It'll be less bitching. And that's what I want to see.
0: That's what and the that game hurts. is. And, and how many And how many teams in the league does that actually hurt? Because there's only so many power hitters, and they're only on so many teams. And like we were saying, you're not denying that Pittsburgh and Seattle and those market teams, they're all predicated on defense. So how many teams is this going to hurt? And we have to cater to only the teams that have Aaron Judge on it, right? That's what this is. It's the Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge. rule. I, yeah. Or, or it's the it's the Giancarlo Stanton rule. I can't hit it the other way. Throw me, throw me a fastball. Both players, to hit it to the both
3: players actually hit it on both sides of the field. So I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Right, but this, but that's what it is. So we, we got to cater. It's not Aaron Judge. It's not the judge, Yankees. So gotta gotta the Yankees. To, of course you bring gotta the gotta Yankees. Of course you bring the Yankees. We got to cater to the bums that can only hit it one way. That's what we have to do now. Mm. They're bums that can only hit it one way. So let's cater to them. How many players get it both ways? How many players in a so league? Many. Well, uh, well, we got at least two, right? Judge and Stanton. So that's all that matters. Okay, but how many
3: players? How many players do you know? There's how many players that play in a game? Uh, hitters, eleven, twelve, nine, yeah, and then
4: the, the yeah, nine extra and three. Play, three people four people bench come bench off the bench,
3: yeah, right. So you're getting twelve players. So maybe three out of the three out of the twelve guys can probably hit it both ways. Okay, on each team, right, but, the percentages right, but aren't right, good, but,
0: Jeff. You, then guess what? If you're bad at something. Use the off season to get. They're better. the best oh God, of the best, Jeff. Idea. What a novel idea, Jeff. What a novel. If they were the best of yeah. the best, they'd be able to. They'd be able to hit it the other way. It's also Wouldn't the it way might.
4: they're developed too. It doesn't help either with the with. The, they're taught to pull the ball now too. It doesn't right. help. Right. Well, well Doug, that's the minor league care. system. So. I don't
0: care. I don't. I don't care. Everyone is a young player. Uh, you right. Is that what we're just getting? I'm not you blaming the players. The no,
4: no, no, I'm not blaming the players. I'm saying that's more of the organizations.
0: Right, you have to you have to be the same player you were when you I got think drafted. the analytics no have ruined the anymore. game.
3: I think the analytics have ruined the game. And and I and I think the game needs to be played the way it should have been played and the way it has been played over the years. Okay? I, I think the game in the last 15 years, 14 years is garbage and it has a lot to do with these stupid analytics. Ah, that's shifts, the Yankees that don't, don't win and that's why you're Not to do it. No, no not to do with the Yankees. This has nothing to do with the Yankees.
0: Nothing.
4: Snark says, I'd it love does, to. It no, does, it but it,
0: no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it does, though, because the Yankees are a big market team that are going to get, like, they're not going to be a small market team. That I'm fine with defense.
3: the Yankees. They, they, what? The Yankees haven't won in 11 or 12 years? Oh, my God. No, no, I'm no, going to no, jump no. off that's a plank. Not,
0: that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the Yankees can afford to, to do that. They can afford to do that. The small market teams that need to play defense can't afford to do that.
4: They can't. Snuck says, I'd love to see a video of pulling the ball the other way. Maybe that dude Tom Emansky could do a training camp on it. Oh, yeah. Baseball, these more whispering to the umps. This is like saying you don't like the forward pass in football. Once someone found that advantage within the scope of the rules, why should they have it taken away from him? Rather than just working a launch angle, just work on that inside-out swing. I don't know. The last 20 years of baseball has been pretty awesome.
3: Really? It's been awesome? That's, that's why right.
0: every no Yankees wins uh, I that's love That's why
3: it. that's why baseball is falling apart that's why their ratings are terrible they're the worst no, in all of professionals. A-
0: no baseball is falling up the apart ratings are shit Baseball's falling apart because they're doing things like this and taking away no, the game and they
3: No baseball's falling apart cuz the analytics have ruined the game
0: okay Yeah and, and, and baseball's also falling apart because they're terrible at marketing right Yes. uh but what like like, can we all agree on this? Let's yes. just agree on this. Yes. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, yes, no question. And and he could walk down the street and not be noticed by one person. He Probably, might as well definitely. be anonymous. Uh huh. Right. So that's what that's what's ruining baseball. How about putting Mike Trout on at seven o'clock rather than at ten thirty when everyone's in bed? No,
5: mm-hmm.
3: oh, that's that. That has a lot to do with the place he plays too.
4: In, he, and he I doesn't mean, even get a lot of the primetime attention either with the Sunday well, games great. and well, the Wednesday games. Even,
0: even that, he doesn't
4: get as much attention as he should either
0: with that. Right, but they, cause that's why baseball's falling apart. Not because of the shift. Everyone can do it, it doesn't matter, right? it's they're bad at marketing and they're shooting themselves in the foot by holding out or locking out or striking or whatever it is that we're calling this. Stock says
4: baseball is falling apart because famous closers fire guns in their garage after fighting with their
1: That's right. I, I do remember, I do Chapman. remember
0: a famous closer that shot a
3: gun at his girlfriend. Great. We're going to bring We're going to bring Chapman in now in this conversation. Yeah. Is that who it was? Yeah. But yeah. Anybody else? Why don't we bring? Why don't we bring in, uh, you know, famous pitchers that beat up their wives? Let's let's talk about that. Let's do that. Who was that? <laughs> Never mind. Who was that? No, I'm, I'm, now I'm actually curious.
0: You're alluding to something. Now I'm curious. Because
3: I'm naming Yankees. Because you you like to throw the Yankees under the bus. There's a pitcher. There's a pitcher that just it just got accused of beating. Oh Herman, yeah, yes. Herman, yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Oh yeah.
0: Well, the, the, he he takes out his anger on her because the Yankees stinking. He's part of it.
3: Jeff, thank you for calling. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I mean,
0: it's just ridiculous. Let's, let's let's cater to the week. Let's cater to the week. That's what we need to do. That's right, you, Jeff. Everyone a gets a participation ass. trophy. Even the beef <laughs> is good. <laughs> I
3: don't want to go that far. Such a pain in the ass. Let's,
0: even the beeve is good. Oh, let's 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 rub Tyler's back because he cries. Do you all want the to time. rub his back? So make him feel, oh God! But no, we got no. We have to make him feel better because he's terrible at everything. We need to cater at,
3: to him now. Maybe we should rub his back.
0: I'm <laughs> good. Why why can't these players just hit the ball the other way,
3: <laughs> Jeff? We'll we'll have a lot more to talk about tomorrow. Thank you for calling. I mean, they're
0: actually retards. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. Stuck <laughs> says, "Baseball uh, Octavio, Octavio Dotel was also not a nice guy." Yes, we know.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of nice guys, not a nice guys in in baseball, basketball, football, hockey. They're all it's most of them are pains in the asses, pansies. Anyways.
4: That's it for our show. We'll be back tomorrow. we have anybody tomorrow? Yes, we do. At uh, 10 o'clock, we will have a football sapient owner and NFL draft analyst, John Douglas Vogel. And then at 1030, we got another Broncos guy, Broncos lead writer and team reporter, Eric Dalala. Hmm.
3: Interesting. So uh, lots of tomorrow, locked in uh, interviews tomorrow, and a lot more sports to talk about, a lot more football to get into. So I'd like to thank uh, LSU uh, prospect Neil Farrell for joining us. He was awesome. He really was. Yes. And uh, also like to would like to thank uh, Huddle Broncos analyst and draft scout um, Lance Sanders, uh, Sanderson for joining us as well. We really appreciate all the guys that uh, uh, give us the opportunity to interview and all the fans that listen to us throughout the country. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. So stay tuned and enjoy. The rest of your night. Good night everybody.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio
5: network.